4: Hello, hello, hello. Good evening, welcome back to mike would Up. Today is Wednesday, March 29th. Again, like always, we have a great, big, enormous, huge show for you. Um, it is the eve before the big Tennessee LSU weekend. Starting on Thursday, ESPNU has a primetime seven o'clock game tomorrow. SEC Network has the game on Friday at six o'clock and the game on Sunday is at one. Tennessee comes to town. There's a lot of smoke around, you know, Tennessee and how they act and what they do and all of these types of things. There's a lot of hype around LSU. It's going to be very emotional, very talent-rich matchup between both teams. We have Kendall Rogers coming in, uh, not in-studio, mm. coming on the show via video call at 7 o'clock to talk about the landscape of college baseball, landscape of SC baseball, and what this series means to of college baseball, we're gonna run through the Heineken headlines. It's Wednesday, which means it's Ask Mikey and Mitch. We've gotten some of your questions. Please continue to ask questions in the chat. They're pouring lo- in right now. We would love, love that. We would love to answer them. Um, we also have an announcement. We announced that we're giving away. We're doing the whole booze cruise thing. The booze cruise. Moment movement That's the word I'm looking for, right? The whole Boost Cruise movement. Hashtag Booze Cruise every time Dylan Cruz hits a home run. Hashtag Booze Cruise. Our partners at Heineken Silver, they've been really good to us. Chuck, uh, Lloyd, our designated chugger, right? He chugs a beer every time DC. or chugs something. Takes a shot, chugs a beer. If we're in studio, it's a Heineken Silver every time Dylan Cruz hits a homer. So we said, you know what? Let's... Let's build this community, let's get everybody else involved. So we put it out there. We've gotten a lot of submissions. One in particular. Um, I think he's doing it for sport. Yeah, I think that we've <laughs> we've unlocked a, something for him that's like, hey, you know what? Um, maybe we should dial this thing back, but. but I'll see you, in the, well, I'll probably get to know him for right. 60 days. Yeah. We announced that the winner, the, the submission, plural, uh, we picked the best one and then we give a Gift to a prize to we announced what it pro- was, gift but package. due to a gift package due to you know legalities so. maybe yeah maybe I don't really know how that works so we're not going to announce exactly what it is but it is a gift package that we will put together and send to him and the winner of the booze cruise the first week of the booze cruise challenge is Jeff Cavin Jr. Now if you follow him on, his, on on Twitter he doesn't he has the egg he has the egg but he is real he oh he very is very real. real. Because we have gotten, I think, every day for the last seven days, we've gotten
5: at least, a video at of him chugging And it. It's
4: not because Dylan Cruz said him. Not always. Now, when he did, he did. He, he sent it to us. So, he is the winner. Congratulations, Jeff. We appreciate that. We're going to continue to do that. We're getting new merch created as we speak. I had to go off the phone with them today. So, we're getting new shirts, new hats. We're getting koozies made. We're getting a whole bunch of other stuff made. So, as these boost Cruise weeks go on and we get more submissions and new people participating you will get you know free merch you'll get signed autographs from me and jared we're going to get pictures and all this kind of stuff so we want everyone to be involved we want everybody to be included so please have fun with us with that said nil threads has there's our guy there's our guy he even got some of i guess that's his son I don't know whoever. Yeah, he's brought in some competition just to embarrass him. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and look, he likes to talk a little shit, too, when he does it. That's okay. It's good. I, en- I enjoy the participation. But with this Boost Cruise movement, NIL Threads has created a shirt that says Booze Cruise, which I love it. They're for sale. Go look at their website. Go look at their Instagram. Go ahead and, and uh, buy some, one. throw some dollars over there to them. So that's my first announcement. Second announcement is we announced that on Thursday, tomorrow, is the first game of the SEC. I mean, of LSU-Tennessee Baseball Series. Big matchup, hype matchup, top ten matchup. A bunch of talented players, three top potential number one overall draft picks in, uh, on the field at the same time. We, the boys, are having a tailgate, mic'd up tailgate. Here's the kicker, though. I'm not telling you where it's at. You've got to get out there, and you got to come out, and you got to find it, right? We're not going to be hit. It's not football. We have to go around the entire campus to find a tailgate. We're going to be out there. We're going to be out there early cooking, drinking, having a good time, music, TV, all the other stuff. So come out, hang out. If you see the sign, if you see Mike would up banner, if you see us out there, come say hey, have a drink with us, and come enjoy the festivities before the game starts. Those are my announcements. Now let's go through Look at the that rest shirt.
5: of Look at the shirt. Looks good. Yeah, collab. Collaborative effort. No doubt. I think i get a maybe a portion of these sales. We were, you know, doing a little business. I love that. Art of the deal. Yeah, Art of the
4: deal. Never read it. You should read it. Um,
5: <laughs> let's go through LSU. How's you he any- been doing?
4: Oh, yeah, not very good. <laughs> uh, LSU had a game yesterday, a baseball game. They cruised to a 17-5 win over Grambling. Uh, they did what they were supposed to do, 7-inning game. Get in, get out, get ready for the game tomorrow. And uh, we're looking for that. Like I said, Tennessee weekends this weekend... We announced all the tailgates, and um, Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens were recognized nationally as nationally players of the week, right? of the, Yeah, of the week. The year. Probably of the year. Cruz, obviously, offensive player of the year, player of the week, maybe of the year, and Paul Skeens, offensive, I mean, pitcher of the week, and uh, yeah, women's college basketball plays tomorrow. <whistles> nope. Friday. 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 Friday night against Virginia Tech, number one seed Virginia Tech, 6 p.m. in Dallas, Obviously LSU plays at the same time, so that's kind of tough. But you know what? The beauty of technology is you can just pull. You can be at the LSU game, pull up the women's basketball game on your phone, or vice versa. Be at the Final Four and pull up the 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 baseball game on your phone. Um, I'd imagine that baseball is a little easier to watch a basketball game on your phone than watching a baseball
5: game at a basketball game because the basketball is a little more. High pace. You don't have to watch the kids run the bases. They just give them... I don't think anybody's lost that challenge yet. The kid that has to go steal the base and come back across the line. Yeah, they need to make it more difficult. I think, yeah, or stop. We don't need to give participation trophies to everybody.
6: You know. Pretty like, sure that's been a participation yeah,
5: okay. trophy for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for a while.
6: Could no, you no. imagine a kid running and be like, No! We had you're getting nothing. We had get back on your <laughs> We had a promotion. You actually have to leave the game. See you, buddy. <laughs> we had a
4: promotion in Durham where used, they used to do the same thing, but they used to run around the base like... They used the to arc, run around. Run the arc, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, they yeah. would get to um, home plate, and you'd have to beat the mascot, Wooly the Bull, right? Oh, yeah. Wooly the Bully? Wooly the Bull, right? So they are doing it this one time, and our shortstop, uh, was it? It was a big leaguer. His nephew was the one running. Yeah. <laughs> and his nephew was running. Collusion. And what Wooly does is he tries to, like, juke the, the, the kid and then go the opposite way and, like, fall or, like, you know, get out the way and give the kid a head start, or you know, more of a lead. So he jukes him, and the kid goes the same way Wooly is going, and he runs him over, uh-uh. and the kid breaks his arm.
6: No, oh, broken yeah. arm. Yeah, yeah, no. disaster, disaster. Well, disaster. hey no, 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 I'm not. Disaster. La- what? Disaster. That's the first time we've ever heard that. Yeah. One before. And
5: Durham's money's long.
6: Yeah,
4: and I'm. I, mean, I think. I don't think anything legally happened, but like. Tough. It should have. That's a lawsuit. 100 percent And look, the mascot is such a nice guy, and like he felt so bad, but <laughs> bad. Oof. it went wrong. It was not good. Um, LSU's pro day happened today, right? Um Jared Bernard Converse put on a show. Yeah, you did. A really, I don't know why he didn't get invited to the regular Combine. I don't know, the NFL Combine, but he had his pro day. He ran a 4 4, we ran two 40s, one was sub 4 4. And one was 4-4. He jumped a 42-inch vertical. 42, good. It's very high.
5: Well, that's up there.
4: That's up there. That's getting up. That's going to get it.
5: Higher than 29. That's, that's higher
4: than 29. That's some bunnies right there. He put on a great show. Yeah. Kayshawn elected not to participate in the uh, 40s, the, test, the testing part of it. But he participated in the drills. And uh, I don't know how great of a showing he put forth. He, they had a video of him running the cone drill, doing the three-cone drill. Um, you know, There's rumors that you know, he, he didn't run deep balls. He didn't, he didn't run a deep route. It just seemed like it was a little bit of a mess, and I don't think that looks good going into the draft, so we'll see what happens there. I'm not talking anything bad about it. I'm just talking about what I was told and what I saw and you know my opinion on the thing. ML Major League Baseball opening day is tomorrow, and with that is the end of the Hunnican Headlines. Let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about what everybody What are you doing over there? You look like you're locked into something.
5: Oh, getting the, uh, the Ask Mikey and Mitch.
3: There we
4: go. Ask, ask Mikey and Mitch. Um, y'all are coming out there, right? Tomorrow at tailgate? Absolutely. We'll be there. We'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be out there.
5: Um, Jack probably has to weld something or do some sort of thermodynamic. Yeah, some thermo. Hey. But
4: he, I want to be out there. I want him to bring his camera. I want him to have – You know, I imagine he's going to have his camera for the game. Right? Is he doing that? I think he does.
5: He's your employee.
4: Take pictures. Not my employee.
5: He's a part of the team.
4: He's part of the team. I mean, I'm not. We could probably uh, ask him. Yeah, we'll ask him. He's not coming in today. But uh, before we get into the conversation with Kendall Rogers, right? Because we're going to talk a lot of baseball in the seventh hour. I mean, the second hour of the show at 7 o'clock. Seventh hour. Seventh hour.
6: If Lloyd had it his second, way. Hour, yeah, yeah, he should do it. Yeah,
4: no doubt. Uh, but before that, I want to have a kind of a preview of what we think that we're going to see throughout the The series, right? And so I was looking at some of the numbers, right? uh, Dollinger, Dollinger, Dollinger. God, I can't
5: talk today. You were doing so good before the show.
4: Paul Skeens and Dollinger are pitching against each other on Thursday. Yeah. Both of them are supposed to be high-end first-round picks. Top five, top ten picks, potentially number one overall pick. Right? Skeens' numbers and his start of the season has been significantly better than
6: Tennessee's guy, which is still having a good year too.
4: He's having a great year. I think he's a three-five or three-six ERA. I think he had a couple rough starts, but his last couple outings have been very good. And then you have their Saturday, their or their their second starter is also a potential first rounder in right. Tennessee. Now, I believe that all three starters at LSU. He's got another year though. I think he's LSU. got another year. Yeah. Um, I believe. Um, he has, I think he's a sophomore. Yeah, I think he was in the, unless he's a draft
6: eligible sophomore, but I think he has another year.
4: So you have Chase Dollander, 3.93 ERA, actually. Ooh. So it's coming down. Mm-hmm. Paul Skeen's .59. That's
6: up 0.59, meaning point there five was nine. nothing in front of the ball. There's no, there's no. Yeah, he gives up less yeah. than one run. Yeah, yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah so gets, that's what happens. It got tortured after that one run he gave yeah. up. I, gave up I, I think he gave skewed, up three skewed, this year, huh? skewed the stats.
4: Yeah, I know. Uh, Chase Burns is their their second guy. Ours is Ty Floyd. Chase's projected first round pick. I believe Ty Floyd's going to be a first rounder as well, right. at least in the supplemental round. Chase has, he's 2 1 with a 4 1. Ty Floyd is 4 0 with a
6: 2 0. But his, I VRA. think his I think his innings to strikeout numbers are no doubt. Goofy, goofy too, I think. Chase?
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. He, I mean, they, they go out and punch guys. Now, their Sunday guy is Drew Beam. He's 3 1 with a 2 5.
6: So he's throwing really well. He's better well. than you think too, because I saw him throw on Sunday. I was like, oh, wow,
4: yeah, that's pretty good. No, he's good. Because well, I mean, I watched a little of their games last week with their playing AM. and you want, I mean, I want their Sunday game was yeah. an
6: ESPN game, so it was kind of yeah. easy to catch up. Right. He didn't catch it.
4: And then he's going against Thatcher. Obviously, Thatcher's had a couple of rough outings in a row. I don't. I'm not doubting Thatcher at all. Like, I'm not worried about him. I think his stuff is good enough, and his makeup and his ability on the mound is good enough, and I'm not. Worried he's got. About a, one, think one of it either. this
6: way. We, we probably see him top end if he throws well as the guy that could be a potential first rounder next year. Thatcher's got a sub four, and we've seen some good outings and some bad ones. So I would imagine that Dollinger, or Dollinger has been somewhat around the same way visually, but we know what the potential is.
4: No doubt, right? And now offensively, Tennessee's good. Yeah, They're not as good as LSU right now. They hit some homers. They strike out a little bit. They, uh, their team average is 293. Mm-hmm. LSU's team average is like pushing 340. Yeah, it's right? 330 plus. Yeah, so, Probably close
6: to 3. Yeah, yeah. After now, this night.
4: is probably the best staff top to bottom that LSU is gonna face, has faced up to this point. I don't know if it's going to be the best staff they've faced throughout the course of the year, but it, it seems like if not, it's going to be the top three. Yeah. Right? So this is going to be a challenge, obviously. Um, baseball is a funny game, right? Anybody can beat anybody on any given day, depending on the guy on the mound who's controlling the game. And that's what I'm excited about, right? Like, obviously, Arkansas is good. Don't get me wrong. Arkansas is a top-five team. They're very hot when they came here, and they played really well. They took that first game um, on Friday, and, you know, then LSU kind of rebounded and kind of blew their doors off in the doubleheader on Saturday, right? But Arkansas, as hot as they were, they don't have their top pitchers. They have a lot of guys hurt. They're not pitching now. Their best pitchers pitched to the first game, and you saw what they looked like with those guys on the mound. Tennessee's got all of their, their whole arsenal of arms available. So I'm looking forward to the challenge. I know the guys are looking forward to the challenge. I'm looking forward to the high, the quality of baseball that we're going to see on the field Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And you know, I think this is the biggest challenge for, uh, for LSU so far. I also think that it's going to get a little chippy. I really believe that. Um, Tennessee likes to talk a lot of shit. Seemingly for no reason. It's very well documented. Seems like it comes from the top. Right? It seems like that's the culture that is created there, which I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying it's they're wrong for doing it. I'm just saying that's not my... Cup of tea. Cup of tea. Like, listen... You can have an edge to you. Cup you can in. talk a little shit when you need to, but when you're the one always initiating it, it seems like it's a little like forced. And so that's the way I feel about it. Um, I'm not saying that, because I'm not saying that they're doing anything wrong.
5: Attitude reflects leadership, Captain. Right. I'm just think that it, it it trickles
4: down from the top, the head honcho, and you know you've seen some incidents with the head, with them and. And, you know, he's been suspended a couple. Well, that was not because of his actions. That was because of the tampering part. You also saw him get suspended last year for chest bumping an umpire.
5: Um, Maybe he was trying to celebrate. Has he been ejected also this year?
4: I'm sure. I'm sure.
5: Could see that again this weekend.
4: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that. I mean, look, Jay talked about how electric the atmosphere was uh, Saturday night. I think you can multiply that Thursday and Friday this week. By but I think you'll. I
6: say I think you'll get it. Like
4: it'll be. Coach, we're talking about tailgating on a Thursday at three o'clock in the afternoon before an you
6: know, on a workday. I think you
4: know this I mean? series
6: like, will be as close to the playoff atmosphere as they might get all.
4: Oh, this is super regional atmosphere.
6: Yeah, I believe they might get all year. Yeah,
4: yeah I think the weather's gonna be perfect. The weather's gonna be great, right? Like it's not gonna, it's gonna be gonna super hot, hot. It's not gonna be cold. Nope,
6: it's gonna be awesome.
4: You're gonna have. Two of the most talented teams in college baseball playing yeah. against each other at LSU on national TV. Like, to me, that is a... Deal's uh, getting done. I don't know who... That's uh, a random number. I don't even know. Um, to me, that is all you can ask for. Yeah. Right? And I didn't go to the night game Saturday. I went to the day game, but I didn't go to the night game And the guys that I've talked to that were at the night game said that the atmosphere was very, very electric. Like, it was very rowdy. It was very fun. And I was like, well, that's good news. Because over the last few years, you felt like you lost a little bit of that. And now with all of the hype and everything happening, it seems like it's all starting to come come back. And now you have a team coming into Alex Box, coming into Baton Rouge, who... What's seemingly
6: asks asks for all of the smoke. There's been a there's been a ton of momentum, I guess you could say. Leading up to this weekend, and you can even start it before the uh, the season even started. Go back to Jay landing a very big, a very good recruiting class. Go back to all of the transfers, the big name transfers that come in. Go back to the seasons that Tennessee's had the past two years, leading up through how LSU has played so far this year. There's a lot to be, I guess, excited for come Thursday, Friday, Saturday night here. I agree.
4: And if you watched the game yesterday, Dylan Cruz had two hits, so his average is now at uh, 540. Five, at 450. Five, 540. Yeah, that
6: wasn't a 540.
4: If he was hitting 340, would be having a good year. If he was hitting 440, wow, this guy, he's hitting five. There's a 5 in front If he of got head.
6: up to the plate with this, the same, I guess you can say, power numbers, if you will, doubles, triples, homers, same RBIs, but he was hitting 340 right now you'd be saying he's having a really good year if he was hitting 440 with those same numbers you'd be like, wow he's having an unbelievable year the guy's hitting 540 with that right if he now. goes two for four his average goes down if he goes three for six his average goes down like
4: it's unbelievable what he's doing right and I said that I said this earlier in the week and I, you know on Monday and I, I'll stick by it I think that if he gets through this weekend in that 520 530 range right which He's got a little room now because he's yeah. hitting 542. If he gets, if he stays where he's at or goes down to about 520-ish, 530, I think he has a real chance to get to that 500 mark. Now, obviously, he's still got seven weekends left of the SEC. has more than half the season left. A lot of things can happen. It's hard to hit 500. But I believe this is the top to bottom, the hardest staff that he's going to have to face. And, uh, you know, listen, if hits 480 – Great. I mean, that's a great season, right? I mean, but he's got what eighty three. Five hundred is hard to do. He's
6: got eighty three at bats on the year so far. He's going to be right around two hundred, probably about. below, but right around a hundred. Obviously, around a hundred, but probably right below it um, after this weekend. Oh yeah. Through a hundred at bats, to say you have fifty hits is absolutely like it's almost unheard of. That's honestly. unbelievable. Like on any level of baseball, it's unbelievable. So you know that's w- what you're looking at right now.
4: Um, And on the flip side, Skeens leads the nation in strikeouts, 71, right? He uh, leads the league, leads the nation, and hits allowed per nine with 3.38 per nine innings. So less than four hits per nine innings that he's pitching. uh, Wins, he has five, and his whip is
6: .56. And the only game he didn't win in or get a decision in was last weekend. He gave up how many runs? One run.
4: (laughs) One run. He had a no decision. And his second national ERA with a .72 ERA. So you're going to see a lot. You're going to see an electric matchup.
6: And I'm excited. What
4: are you most excited to watch tomorrow or for the weekend?
6: Uh, I want to see these two lineups show up in this situation, right? I, obviously, LSU's lineup has been dynamite all year. Like you said earlier, this is probably going to be the best pitching staff they'll face this year. They got to, I was looking at it earlier. They got some guys that have put up some – Impressive numbers out of the bullpen, too. So you're not even just talking about just the starters. They got some guys in the bullpen that can kind of run it up there as well. I'm also excited to see how that side of the – how that team comes in and shows up with their lineup as well. Right. Like you said, they're chippy. They're going to talk it. Whether they walk it or not, they're going to talk it. And they got some talented guys there as well. So I really do want to see how they show up because I do feel like for them who this year hasn't been great so far – do you think about last year? They started conf- they started conference off seventeen and one. They had twenty five wins in conference last year, right where they're at right now. It kind of feels like to them a letdown. Why? Because you got the same coach, you got a lot of the same players back. You feel like you should be doing that and are better right now, but they're not. Right. Not like they're having a bad year, but they're not. Right. So I kind of feel like they're going to come in feeling like this is their opportunity, not only one to kick off and kickstart the rest of their season going forward, but to kind of show that they haven't gone anywhere. So it'll be interesting to see how they show up, how they play, how they act, and how this LSU side of it can respond to it.
4: Because yeah, it's been a it's been a mixed bag, right? The first two weekends they got swept against Missouri, and yeah. then they swept AM, who is probably better than you better, think, and better, better than, than Missouri, right? So and
6: LSU didn't sweep if you want to think about it, you right? Know, if you and, want to do the comparison
4: game, right? So Tennessee's three and three, LSU's four and two in conference. LSU's won both series. Tennessee got lost, got swept and swept. So. They've had a mixed bag. Obviously, they got swept because they they didn't pitch very well right. in the opening weekend. Last weekend, they threw they threw extremely well, and then whenever they, were, they had you know they had the opportunities to kind of put it on them and take the lead and then run away with it, they did that. Um, Lloyd, oh, sir. you want to join
5: in this conversation? Or I was just looking up some stats to see um, kind of where Tennessee is at because I think there's they that's what I was trying to find is how many they've won in a row because I think they just swept. Like you said, a and I was trying to go back to see. I think they're coming in kind of hot as mm-hmm. we've kind of talked about on the show where it's been after everything that they went through last year where it was probably, it felt like maybe the best team in the country or the best college baseball team of all time. Like all those conversations were happening where it got to the point where Tennessee was really putting one finger on the plate and they were toying with college baseball. It doesn't feel like they're at that level right now. And it feels a little bit... Well, LSU's done it a different way. That's where LSU is right now, where you're at the top of the mountain. Tennessee wants to be there, has been there, never won. Never Tennessee's
4: never been there. Say, I don't know about the no, time. No, no,
5: I'm talking about in regular season. Like where you were talked about all year as the number one team in the country. That's what everybody was talking about Tennessee baseball last year. And whether it was because of how they handled the situation and how they were so brash. We're it that just out. didn't happen. Right. Didn't and then happen. you get to you get to Omaha and baseball's a funny game. You go two and two, and you're gone. Or you I mean, don't even they they didn't get there. No, yeah, they never getting, got it. Yeah. Notre Dame beat them there. Yeah, you don't even get to a. You, you don't even get to a super right. No, they lost
6: the no, super. Got, they lost they a super, lost a football, they lost me, a super yeah. at home to Notre Dame. To Notre Dame. Now this is after, like I said, starting the, starting the SEC play going seventeen to one. Right. Remember, we talked about it a year like, hey, if you get to twenty wins in SEC play, it gives you a good shot at winning the SEC title. Where if you got to twenty wins last year, you were still five games behind the team that won it because they had twenty five wins in conference play last year, which is. Unbelievable. Right. Right. So, like, they put up all of those numbers and then still did not get out of their super regional.
5: Right. And, and that, it happens. Right? Yeah, it, exactly. It happens. But the way that it, I think that the way that they went about it made it seem like almost it was easy to point and laugh because they were trending to be like, oh, it feels like this, that they're shoe to win the national championship. The way that it's going for LSU, it feels like now they have the target on their back. And when you bring in a team like Tennessee who wants to be that team, that's where I think you're going to see a lot. Uh, it's going to, be early and often with the animosity. There's going to be a lot of tripping back and forth in the dugout. I don't know, whenever you saw... I mean, you can go back as far as... Or as soon as last weekend with the umpires with Trey Morgan. Mm -hmm. They're going to have their hands full with trying to police these two teams as to... Well, that's what what I want to see, right? Like I want to see the game be about the game,
4: right? I don't want it to turn into this circus of... Now listen, Tennessee, that can be advantage. But hey. being a chippy is fine, right? Yeah. And having a little, like, going back and forth, that's fine. But, like, for it to be this whole circus and, like, you take away from what you're actually seeing on the field, like, that's not what I want to see, right? I, I,
6: I alluded to, it. I think it was one of the last questions I asked Jay on Monday, if you were here and you mm-hmm. watched the show Monday, I asked him about that. And he gave us an answer, which I think is a very true answer. But I know there is no way in hell he didn't give more or isn't going to give more to that locker room, before they actually start this series. Because at the end of the day, getting chippy, taking things outside of baseball, realistically is taking away what they set out to do this year. Right. Shit. Really doesn't matter, right? If you can't, at the end of the day, get the win, and all we're worried about is matching their chippiness, matching their bullshit, matching that, well, then you've let them take you away from what you're trying to do. No doubt. Right? And whether they are the team that beat you in this series or not, they're taking you away from what you set out to do this year. And they're just another team that's on the other side of it, trying to beat you in that sense. For sure.
4: And I can see, I I mean, for me, and this is what I'm trying to, I'm going to predict the way Skeens is on the mound, like the intensity and the way he kind of like has that swagger and he dominates and he does these things. Like I already know somebody on Tennessee's team is going to get butt hurt because they just got blown away by a 100-mile-an-hour fastball or they struck out on a borderline call. It's probably a good call or whatever – and they get punched out and Skeens is walking back to the dugout and he's kind of looking in there and not really talking shit but just kind of like doing his deal the guy's going to get butt hurt he's going to be chirping and then the minute they get a hit or whatever they're going to that's how it's going to that's going how it's going to escalate because they just don't like when somebody's dominating them and that hey, hey bro you this guy's good
6: like, it's if, okay but saying if you watch it really close to if you've watched games this year i get the feeling from what i've seen He's never really like the antagonist that starts it. He's
5: not directing it towards the other. No, no, no. Audience. When yeah.
6: people start chipping at him is when you get the, the the swagger reaction and him smiling and laughing and then still dominating you. Other than that, he's been all business. Mm-hmm. So you know he's gonna get that from the other side. And like you said, it may start it may very well start by someone getting blown away by something they didn't and they don't like that they got blown away by it. And that may start the chippiness. Right. Right. And so we'll see how it goes from there. But that would be something to pay attention to because you're going to have Skeens obviously going tomorrow night at home with the home crowd, so he's not really getting it from the crowd, right? It's going to be coming from the other dugout for the most part. See where, it co- see where it goes. See how it starts and where it goes. But I'm sure you're going to get something from that dugout. Yeah. It's how do you react and how do you actually play under that I situation.
5: Mean, there is no doubt that if Tennessee hits, it, and it might not be off of Skeens, but if they ever hit a home run, you know they're going to do the arms cross celebration.
4: Probably that's or how it is. they'll do their celebration. You know, I don't know what their celebration but that's, is. No, but that's
5: what I'm saying. They would. That's the way that this game is going to go. Yeah. Where it's like you're taking shots at each other the entire time, whether it be, you know, oh, this is what, see, they what they I, do. So we're gonna do it. And what
4: I hope, I hope it's so that, petty, right? And I hope and LSU doesn't take shots at them. I I don't think they will. Me either. Oh, that's not their that's not their personality. You know what I mean? Like you you adopt the personality of the leaders on your team, right? Jay's personality is not that. He's very all business, all about baseball, whatever. Dylan Cruz's personality is not that. It's hey, I'm the best player on this team, and I'm going to show you that I'm the best player on this team, and you're either going to follow me or you're not. But I don't need to tell you that I'm the best because I'm just going to show you, right? Skeen's kind of has that same mentality, right? Tommy White kind of feels like now may he have a little, may he have a little he's bit more swagger to him, of but like, you know, like he knows he's good, right? It, you don't feel like you have that guy who is just going to instigate something just to do it. And, you know, that just doesn't fit the personality of LSU. So I don't think that they're going to go out there and talk a bunch of shit to Tennessee for no reason. Now, if Tennessee comes back and LSU does something, they may give a little jab back to them. But I don't know if it's going to be as I get the feeling
6: from watching them so far this year that they are not afraid to respond to your bullshit.
0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
6: But they are about their business first. Right. And if you give it to them, they're not going to necessarily just ignore it. You will probably get something back, but they're not going to first and go out there. It's really, really team, team, team first right. and foremost. And then you end up getting some response back, which at the end of the day, I
5: don't dislike at all.
6: No, I have no problem with that. <laughs> I don't dislike it at all. Me, me either. I have no well, problem with a that. That's the
5: part of college baseball is the passion it's of, of it all. Yeah,
6: to... yeah. It's the part of competition, bro. We right. can we can go take it. We can go play a pickup basketball game over here and we pick teams. Chances are, if you've been talking the whole time, if I hit a three pointer in your face, I'm probably going to at least stare at you. Right, right. Like that, that's the part of competition everywhere. If you're probably quiet, the good chance I might not say anything. I think Tennessee's the ones that they go play pickup basketball, and as soon as the game tips. Oh, pregame. Here, they're just here. Good or not, they just happen to be a better team right. that's doing it, right? And I say not better meaning like a good team that's right, gonna right. chip and talk before the even thing even starts. And I think that's what you got to, what you're kind of looking at this weekend.
5: It's the, I guess the best way to sum it up would be like the Draymond Green. Did you see that last night where he's talking to Herb Jones and Herb Jones goes, "Bro, they're taking you out the game right now." And he was like trying to get chippy with him. He was like, "Herb's like, bro, you're not even in the lineup right now." And it's like that's what it feels like. And with that's LSU, after Draymond gets
4: a little slide by, like <laughs> yeah, he just him on purpose.
5: They He's did. like, bro, you're getting pulled. Yeah.
6: Yeah,
4: you're done.
5: Go, go sit on the bench. Yeah, the, the, Tennessee, Tennessee's the
6: Draymond to the Steph to the Stephen Clay's on the same team right
4: yeah, now. Yeah, that's like um,
6: that's basically what you're getting.
4: That's, yeah, that's like um, Caitlin Clark. You see that video of the point guard from I guess was it Louisville they played? Oh yeah. yeah. And she was talking shit to Caitlin Clark, and Caitlin Clark goes, "Y'all are down by 15. Shut up." Shut up.
6: You know what I mean, like. Draymond made a quote last night too. I actually did see this post game that he said, "It takes a something around around the the likings of it takes a special man to still talk shit when you're down 20." I feel like that's who Tennessee is. Whether they're up, down, game hadn't started, game is over. You're gonna hear from him. You're gonna see him do some shit that doesn't necessarily rub you the right way. How do you respond to it in the right way on the other side is where you go
4: now. No doubt. And here's the other thing, right? Here's the aspect of the game that I think is going to be interesting. We touched on a little bit before the show started was Tennessee's 36 of 43 in stealing bases, right? Stealing bags, like, you know, base stealers are very – there are not very many of them anymore. Teams don't until tomorrow. Push right? it. But right.
6: that's, that's a different story. Right, <laughs> that's until a different tomorrow, story right. until tomorrow. But that's a different yeah. story. But they don't push it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like they
4: don't. They're not saying, "Hey, we need to steal bases. We need to do this." Now, some teams do. Obviously, Tennessee does. They have thirty-six bags, right? And so, that's going to be an interesting dynamic, right? Obviously, Paul doesn't pitch out of the stretch much because he doesn't have a lot of guys that get on base. But if when they do get on base, right, How's what's gonna the running it? game going to look like? How is he going to control it, right? It's going to put more pressure on Brady Neal, who has been really who has been good behind the plate and can catch it and throw it well. And we'll see if
6: there is a start possibility for Malaza. And that's weekend. what
4: that's what Lloyd was talking about because of how good he is behind the plate. Now got roasted when Malaza on was it Sunday or Saturday? The second game on Saturday when he was catching had to be. This man was tackling balls behind home plate. I'm confused. I was confused at what was happening. Like, he was jumping at everything. It looked like it did not look good. <clears throat> I don't know what was going on. I don't know if he wasn't picking, he see, couldn't see the ball or what, but that was pretty crazy to me. I've never seen somebody be that jumpy right. behind the plate.
5: Um, well, he probably feels like he's battling for his job. Yeah but, that doesn't, yeah, but that, that, that well, doesn't no, you make him you you jumpy. Yeah, you, you could try too hard. Yeah, but that's not. We've seen a big, a big that's sample. That's not a from trying. Him. That wasn't a really trying too hard. Do, yeah, 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 that yeah. wasn't
4: a trying to. Like his thing is, I'm good behind the plate. I'm gonna receive it well. I'm gonna throw it well. It was a weird thing, and I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody. I haven't asked. Like I got. It was something I've never seen him do. So I'm not sure why he was doing it. If there was a vision issue, if there was, um, I don't know what. But with the, the the running game aspect from Tennessee, it's gonna be interesting to see how they control that and what they do. Um, defensively to kind of combat that, right? So that's a well, different. It's a different part of it, and it's well. all
5: contingently, especially on Thursday. to get on base. with Paul Skeens. You yeah, know. you gotta
6: get on base to be able to run. And Can't steal first. I do think this is one of those situations, though. Like you talked about last year, like I say, last year, a couple weeks ago, when you're saying, "What do you want behind the plate and how you do it?" I do think that if somehow Tennessee is able to steal, take one of those first two games, they might. If it's been low scoring, there might be a good chance you see Milazzo play Sunday. Might be a good chance you see him play Friday. I do if they if they lose on uh, I mean if they lose on Thursday, might be a good chance you see him play Friday. I do think that if they're running a lot and say for whatever reason they're able to get on, whether it's by walk, hit, pitch, whatever it is, they're getting runners on on Thursday night and they're getting bags and they somehow come away with the game. It's a good chance you might see them on Friday in the sense that knowing like hey we have to shut that running game down and we need a win. Yeah, he may be one of the better options for it to get in the lineup and get a start in
5: that spot. Uh, he hasn't been hitting poorly either. Like he's been no, he, and he's play. putting good swings on balls. Like yeah, he,
4: he's swinging well, right? So like he hasn't done anything and take himself out the lineup. Um, what do you think the lineup's going to look like, right? Because we've seen, you know, different different lineups, different. I know, know what I would like to see It's righties, I, I, right? It's yeah, righties. I know what I would
6: like to see. I think what's going to happen again is you're going to see Gavin at the top of it, and I think you see Kling re-enter into that either eight or nine spot again, like he was. At other times in the year, when he wasn't leading off, I just don't see. It's hard for me to believe that you'll see him for the most part, kind of out of it for two weeks in a row on an SEC weekend. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he and but and I'm saying this, but we, like you said, it's all righties. And um,
4: Beloso's been playing well. Played well. You have Pearson. Pearson's and a, you have and Beloso.
6: Beloso, Pearson, and Joe Bear all lefties. Pearson's been a very good at bat as a lefty. Beloso's been hot. Gilbert is literally a, a walking homer. He might run into one any any, So you don't know. It's just hard for me to believe that he won't be in there.
4: I think that... I think for sure Pearson's in the lineup. Because I think with the velocity and the stuff that this guy's got, I think that Pearson being able to get the bat to the ball and getting on base and doing the things that he's been doing up to this point, I think he gets in the lineup. I think... Does Beloso stay in the lineup? I and mean he's hot. I
6: was about to ask. He's you hot. It's possible. It's very, very possible. You very know what I mean? Possible. Like and those know. three guys are gonna be they're gonna play a big part in the weekend. I I'm not exactly sure. They're gonna play and I wouldn't be surprised either this weekend, this weekend for sure, to see Jay go to in tight situations, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning games, if they're tight, to go to pinch hit at bats more often this, this time Yeah, I agree. especially because of how those guys have played and because those guys are seventh inning those guys have been a lot of righties in that um, it, in that staff and that bullpen
5: and that's what I was going to ask is how much do you obviously we we're making a big deal out of the series what Tennessee's ranked nine or ten depending on what poll they want to look at um, but how much do you lean on experience in a series like this where you put in a Cade to where you don't have somebody that feels like you know maybe overwhelmed by the moment Cade's been there before he's been there a a hot minute. Yeah. Same thing with Cruz. Same thing with Garrett Edwards. They all played against Tennessee in the, in the what, Super Regional? And Paul's last year? They were freshmen, yeah. I believe.
4: So, I, I do think experience matters
3: sometimes. Especially
4: with the temperament around this game. Right, but I think that it's at home. I think it's early in the season. I think that...
3: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The guys, no, no matter who's playing,
4: is going to be ready, right? I think the experience helps in, in a sense, but I don't think it's going to ta- be that. So much of an advantage I have to put them in the lineup, right? If it's so, if it's a tight, if it's like neck and neck, like, hey, man, this one I don't know. Maybe it's going to take the advantage, but it's not going to trump somebody who Jay thinks is a better matchup with
6: Chase on the mount. But I will say this because I think the experience thing comes back to big factor right here. You're not wrong about that at all. But I think one aspect you're forgetting about it is you're sitting at Tennessee's three and three and LSU's four and two. You win another series and get to sixty three. Hell, maybe you get to seven and two. That puts you in a very yeah, very seat. good spot going forward, right? As opposed to playing younger guys who you may think is a better matchup and or maybe who you think could possibly, I am going to need them down the road. They need to play in these situations. You could get the more experienced guys, the guys who are hotter right now in a sense of this is a huge series for them to win, that they need to win to be mm-hmm. able to right. propel them forward and put them in a good spot. So I it's possible experience could play.
4: Right, and here's the other side of it, right? Like we'd looked at, we want, we want to look at the swings and you want to look at,
3: More than once, actually. Do I
2: have to say? Yes, you do.
3: In the car before my kid's PTA
2: meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I
0: never win and tell.
2: Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Chase Donlander has has a ton of velo. Throws the ball extremely hard. Right? Now... I don't know what the analytics are saying, but I, I, I see it and I look at I'm watching, like, does Beloso have the bat speed? Is that something that plays – does he play into a high-velocity guy? I don't – I like I like Cade a lot. I think Cade's very good. I think he's huge for this team and I think he's played very well. But my only question would be, and this is something that Jay would know, and this is something that they have analytics for, is – what is his average and what does he hit, how does he hit against high velocity? Because you're going to get that, right? And if it's not something that Jay wants to deal with or says, okay, it may not be the right matchup, then I can see him you know, putting him in the bench, maybe come and get a pinch hit at bat. Maybe a guy comes in off the bench, throws a bunch of breaking balls, and that's what you want. Um, you know, but I believe that Trey is going to play first, mm-hmm. right? I don't think he's going to play left. I think he's gonna play first, which means Jared Jones, if he's in the lineup, which I'd imagine he's going to be, hit a home run yesterday. Right. He's gonna DH. And it was the other way. And it was the other way. Right? And so I'd imagine that he would DH. Which means you're not gonna put Beloso in the outfield. So that leaves the two outfield spots.
2: Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
3: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do
2: I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before
3: my kid's PTA meeting.
2: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Open. I believe Pearson's going to be one of them. And so that leaves the other spot, whether it's going to be Joe Bear or um, Kling. I
5: don't
4: know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. It depends on Kling's health,
5: too. It feels like they got I think in. he's healthy. They got him in there last Klink night. yesterday. Yeah, he started yesterday, didn't
6: he? Yeah, but they got him in there over the weekend, too. So, right. You know, right but, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you could be right about it. If he's healthy, if he's ready to go.
5: It um, just feels like some of these. I
6: really would love to see if we're going to have uh Ackenhausen, that's I said it correctly, mm-hmm. if he's going to be available for the weekend, he would be a huge addition again for matchup situations, right. obviously. And obviously not just matchup, he's been dominant this year.
4: And speaking of being like lefties and being back, he's not going to be back this weekend, but um, Javon Coleman threw a bullpen, and he was up to 91 in the bullpen, and... That's a good sign. I mean he's coming off a of TJ. That's early, too. It's early. He's coming off a of TJ. So I'd imagine that he'd be ready towards the end of the year, SEC tournament stuff, right? I don't they're not gonna rush him. You know, maybe the last couple series, but that's another lefty that you have in your arsenal coming out the bullpen, who is very good and yeah. very effective. So that's you know,
6: you know, it's weird too, because it's as good as the bullpen has been. That bullpen has been. They've had some, you know, up little icky spots already. Um, you're also seeing how big the loss of Grant Taylor was, right? And so I would imagine they're not going to rush him. But they would love – because earlier I spoke on, man, like, do you put him out there or do you not burn any of his eligibility and give him another year? Now you're thinking, well, if he's ready to go, yeah, we you, could you hugely him a, yeah. use him. Absolutely. Year. so
4: Absolutely. And speaking of the bullpen, right, you had Christian Little through yesterday. There were two innings yesterday Look looked good. Now, competition is a little different yesterday than it's going to be on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, but he threw two innings, so I'd imagine he is not available. Maybe available for an inning or something
6: tomorrow? If they need it. I would imagine he's more in play for Saturday, Sunday. Right. Maybe even back-to-backs in that situation. And that's
4: my question, right? So, him not being there, does that give the opportunity, and it's a tight game, does that give the opportunity to Garrett Edwards to close? Does that give the opportunity to Griffin I think Herring to close, maybe. You know maybe. what I mean? Like you maybe. You know, like you um, got you got some some you know, capable Chase arms Shor's back there. We, the there. thing is,
6: is you know, like I know, man, like, and I don't pitch, but I've just seen it enough. The closing mentalities, it's just different. Yeah. And to have guys that can come in knowing, and it really doesn't matter if there's runners on or not, knowing that strikes have to be thrown and they have to be thrown now, mm-hmm. and I have to be able to live in the zone and actually be able to somewhat dominate the zone, right? Mm -hmm. It just takes a different mindset to be able to come in. So you could have all the stuff in the world, but putting you out there in that basically pressure-packed situation over and over and over again will expose you, right? It'll it'll expose if you got that kind of dog in you or if you don't, right? And I'm not saying any of the guys that have gotten the chance so far don't, but no one's stuck at it. Right. So we'll see. I think it's going to be open for a possibility of Griffin late, it's going to be open for a possibility of uh, Garrett Edwards. Great, I mean, late. So we'll, we'll see how that goes.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean,
6: the bullpen. Chase Shores is still back there as well. The
4: bullpen's going to be huge this weekend, right? It's going to be, you know, can the starters get you through six? Can they get you six? And can now, I perfect situation. Skeens goes seven. They only got two innings, and every other starter gets gets through the six. Right, that's perfect situation. I,
6: I will tell you this too: when we're talking about the starting pitching, especially for LSU. I do really, 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 truly think that this is not the type of lineup that you want to have 30-pitch innings against for the starters. No. You are not. It is is going to be very, very hard for you to have a 30-pitch inning and then be able to go out there and still be able to shut down through the rest of it. The lineups, I won't say it's too good, but they are some veteran guys who have experience, who know what they're doing up there. And they're a talented group.
4: No doubt. They are. They're very good. Now, listen— People want to talk about LSU striking out too much. They don't strike out that much. We've I think we've I think we put that to mix that, right? Yeah. LSU for the season, they have 148 walks and 190 strikeouts as a team. Tennessee as a team has 146 walks and two hundred and fifteen strikeouts. Yeah. That tells me they're not really afraid to strike out. Right? right? They're getting on base. They have a four eleven on base percentage as a team, right? So you have three starters that are strikeout pitchers in the rotation. And if they feel like they're on and they're they're locating and they're doing what they need to do, they have an opportunity to go out there and get some get some punch outs and not have a lot of pressure put on the defense. Because in a game like this, in a series like this, defense is gonna matter, base running is gonna matter, you know, the little things are gonna matter. Mm-hmm. You saw that happen last Friday. When you played a really good team, you have a tight game, it's pretty evenly matched, both pitchers are throwing really well, it's one-nothing. And you had two blunders on the base paths that may or may not have given you a run. You don't know. You just didn't give that guy an opportunity to get a hit or show you that he didn't get try that guy in. They have been very good with two outs and runners in scoring position. They have been very good this year in that situation. Both times, those the bat got taken. The bat got taken out of the, the player's hands. So you see those two blunders, and then you see a you know you lose a little bit of the feel for. The, the ball or the, the, the pitches you're trying Whoa. to throw and you start walking some guys and all of a sudden the one, one game and extra inning turns into a nine to one game. And it's now it's like, it's not even close. Right? So it's the little things in these games that make the biggest difference and can't afford to have, you know, the base running mistakes, which they haven't had a lot over right. the year. They only had a couple. just can't, They can't games.
6: show up this weekend.
4: Yeah. just the higher the level the competition goes and the more stakes, the more that's at stake, the more you have to be locked in yeah. into those situations. And so, you know, can't, you want
6: can't have the defense falter this weekend. Right. Either.
4: Defense and base running. I want the pitchers if they're going to get if they're going to beat you, they have to beat the guys on the mound. The guy on the mound can't beat himself. That's what I want to see, right? They can't give up free passes. They can't um, you know, hit a bunch of dudes. They can't keep getting in getting bad counts, yep. right? Yep. And so like you have to go out there and pitch to you what you need to do and get ahead and make these guys beat you. Make them hit, make them get on base and make them earn their way on. I think that If you do that, I think LSU wins the game, because I think that top to bottom, they're the better team.
6: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, you said it, you're saying things that are super simple, but I think when you have highly talented, very, very even matchup, if you will, type teams, those are really the things that it comes down to. Simple shit. Being able to pitch ahead in counts. On the offensive side, being able to not get in in pitchers' counts and stay in hitters' counts. They matter, right? you get in the spot off of uh, Dollander and or off of Skeens, and it's 0-2, there's probably a good chance you're not going to succeed in that bat. No doubt. Switch it around, you got a better chance, right? So being able to do those things, being able to catch and throw it on defense, being able to make the right plays and right reads on the base paths, not running into outs, not ending innings on the base paths, it's going to matter a ton this weekend. As opposed to, I guess, having the twelve strikeout game and or the – two three homer game on the small things which is really going to matter this weekend
4: and who's going to get to the bullpen first right like how quickly can we get him out get chase Dallander out the game and get to their bullpen and burn their bullpen right and how quick are they going to try to get to our bullpen and burn our best arms early on and so they're not as sharp or ready or available later on the series that's going to be a big key too so it's going to be fun we got a lot more baseball. We're talking baseball pretty much the whole show today. Oh, my God. You know, I mean, there's really no way around that. Biggest
5: series of the...
4: Of the year so far, for sure. Oh. And then, you know, I don't want to say it's the biggest series of the year because... You don't know. You don't categories. know. Right. You know what I mean? Like, what happens if, you know, they start tanking after they get swept against us and someone else gets hot and they come in and they, you know, whatever. But, yes, to this point... This all stays equal. Well, it yes. feels
5: like this has been brewing for over a year, right? Whenever you saw what Tennessee, <laughs> two years. Did. Two years. Since they knocked
4: us out, right? In twenty twenty one. Super regional, right? Wasn't that the super? Yeah. So beat LSU in the super, and then last year we were supposed to be the best team and they, you know, beat LSU in the SC tournament. And um yeah, it's just I tell two you years.
6: what. LSU messes around and sweeps this weekend. How much steam starts blowing out of the hype train then?
4: I mean, I don't know how much more you can have out of the train. It's gonna be a rocket ship. It's not even a train anymore. I think it's just a spaceship. So, bullet train. Can, at yeah, this point. I mean, and look, I, I'm not, I'm not in the camp of oh, you know, like the number one team all year doesn't win it. The number one overall seed doesn't win it. Yes, that is true. It had not happened since 1999, where number one overall seed has won the national championship. But. I don't th- I only think that matters to the people watching baseball. It's not like the players aren't thinking about that. Like, hey, we're good. We're doing what we need to do. Just, our, our job is to go out there and win as many games as we can. And I think that they do that. So I'm excited about
5: that. Two weekend. out of three considered a success?
4: Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Every weekend. If, you go, if they go 20 like- and 10, the SEC, and they win every series two out of three, like. Even, even my- when you
6: play, say, we, if you're six weekends into the year and you play the team that is literally ranked dead last. Two out of three, we win. It's hard to beat a team three times in a row, Mm -hmm. man. It's really, really hard to do it. Not just in any sport, because baseball is the day you got to do it literally three days in a row. You know, like in any sport, if you can do it three times in a row. But baseball is the only one you do it literally days in a row. It's hard to do, right? So any series, two out of three, success, without a doubt. Now, Now, I'll flip it one more time and say if say you're in that third game whether it becomes game one of the series or game three of the series and you're up nine to two can't blow games don't blow games yeah right but two out of three is success listen if
4: they if they win two out of three every series there's ten SEC series that means they have ten SEC losses they go 20 and 10 in conference they had one non-conference loss going into the conference play so that means they would be uh, 45 and 11 in the regular season if they win all their midweek games Let's say they falter in two of them. so they' they are um, 43 and 12 as their record. It's pretty good.
6: What did we say earlier in the year? I think I said 42, and I think you did say like 43. Yeah, I think.
4: Yeah, like that's no 43 it'd be 43 and 13 I if th- they did that. If
6: I remember, I think that's what we said.
4: And so like that, I mean, that's look, we want we were 56 and 17 at the end of the year. We lost the first game of the SEC champion of the SC tournament, and we lost the, the game against Texas. We only lost two postseason games. So going into the postseason, we had 15 losses. Like, yeah, I mean, Maddie. sweeps are not easy to do. No, they're not. No,
5: I'm, I, that's. I guess that's. I guess my greater point is I don't. I don't know if people are expecting a sweep, and I don't think it'll be. You have to realize what the level of competition is going to be. It just feels like this has been built up so much that. If LSU doesn't sweep, then it's a thing. But I I don't think it's there yet with how good Tennessee is. I think that you if you take two of three, you have to see that as a win. Now if it goes the other way, you only win Thursday night when Skeens pitches. That's when you get into a bigger conversation. Well oh, it depends on how the games go. Exactly. Right? I and mean, that's where I was going to get to like the bullpen issues and some things that LSU has been battling on the back end. We haven't seen Riley Cooper in a minute. And it's just kind of And some- there's
4: some things that teams will do to just win. Like they may just you can look at it at the end Arkansas. of the game like, Oh, they just beat us. Right? Like well, Arkansas I, Well they, they emptied the clip to They won. To get- well, they won, but like the LSU did some things that hurt themselves. The guys can go out there and pitch well, not walk guys, and Tennessee just have really good bats, put together some swings, get some guys on, get the big hit, and they just went. Like that could happen too, right? And then you look at it and you say, Okay, how did we lose that game? Did we lose it or did they beat us? No, they beat us in that one. Okay, no, that we lost we lost the game because we did this, this, and this. Like that's how you kind of evaluate, okay, we won we went one and three or one and two against them but did we give away the other two games or did they just beat us right and so
5: i don't know well it just feels like a big prove-it series for lsu because some people have called it like a week out of conference schedule to where obviously they're 10 running everybody you see
6: well but what do you call the first think, two weeks of sec play i think right. jay i that, think that's jay what i'm saying I and, and i think also think jay nixed that
4: I mean, Jay came on here and he said Iowa's in first place in the Big Ten. Yeah, he really Sam, did.
6: mix it on here. Sam yeah.
4: Houston State's in the first place. Kansas State's winning a bunch of games. Texas is on one, fifteen straight. They just beat a And M last night, right, in a midweek game. Mm-hmm. So,
5: sorry. What do you? Where is where is? Where's where's, soft?
4: Yeah, so I mean, like these guys that we beat, or they beat, may not have looked the sexiest on paper when they played them. But looking back, damn, they're pretty good.
6: Yeah. Or, they weren't or bad. historically, but if you look at them right now and what they're doing, they're pretty good.
4: Right. And so that's the thing is like you look at the names and you look at these soft out of conference schedules, you look at maybe the RPI or whatever it was at the time, maybe not good. Well, at the end of the year, let's look back and say, "Oh, maybe their out of conference schedule wasn't that and, good." And you and look it, at it now. And, and, that,
6: and I think that's a I think kind of that's a bullshit cop out way of looking at the schedule because go back to 2009. What was our what was our non-conference schedule? I think Who did, did we play? Villanova. Who do we play? Um Illinois. F, um we UCF Illinois UCF Illinois beat us exactly we played Villanova UCF Illinois the in-state schools where did we go? yeah who did we go play? nobody what did we, we started the year as the number one team we didn't enter the tournament as the number one seed but we ended the year as the number one team
4: yeah so sorry for the so, people on Twitter who corrected me we did not go wire to wire. wire Yeah. we started at number one ended at number one we did not stay number one the whole year I'm sorry yeah. I right. don't mean to. Kind of hard to
6: stay number one when you get. What we we get swept or lose the oh. series at home to Tennessee.
4: We lost the series at home. Those are two series lost to Tennessee, Tennessee, who was the last Illinois. place team in the, last place team in the SEC. Yeah. And. Illinois. Illinois.
6: We lost midweek games to Nichols, like lost midweek game. I think we lost to UNO that year.
4: No, I think we lost to um, Northwestern. Yeah. Yeah. Northwestern State. They had a lefty throwing like ninety-seven mm-hmm. out the pen. But, I think he was maybe even sophomore year.
6: But that's so that's my point like you want to sit here and say the out of the non-conference schedule has been solved when is it ever hard? right <laughs> like, right for a big school like this who's nationally ranked when is when are they ever that hard
4: yeah and Jay put them in a situation where they went on the road and played they went had a true road game before SEC, which doesn't very doesn't happen very it often happen very often at, at often. Tennessee they won. I mean at uh Texas, Texas they won yeah and you know I'm thinking about some of the bi- the big non-conference series that we had my junior year we played cal state fullerton at lsu we swept them and i was like damn like we're gonna be good we're young obviously like we had some growing pains we're 36 and 20 but we weren't bad we didn't make the postseason because we're the ninth team in the sec but um you know unless they come to you historically lsu just didn't go out and play these top tier teams right and so
5: well everybody wants to come here because it's like, you need those Northern schools. Well, yeah, and
6: you no, it's now. the SEC out. so Outside hard. Outside of the last, I mean, think about it. Outside of the last, I would say once, maybe what was it, Tyron Matthews' junior year when West Virginia came here?
4: Was that 2000, no, no, that was sophomore, that was sophomore, sophomore year. year. Yeah.
6: Around that time was probably around the first time you even really saw. I mean, we played Virginia Tech. I guess we had a big match up here, but you don't even really see it in football either. With big schools like this, you might get one, right? But it's not normal for the non-conference schedule to be some gauntlet in a in a conference like this. Yeah, it's not a thing. Yeah,
5: yeah the only thing with football that's different is that they do like the opening weekend because they want to make. That's it why job. I just. Yeah. That's
6: why I just named like because that didn't start until around that time. You know, that wasn't a thing before that. Um. Well. We'll continue
4: this conversation conversation in about one minute because Kendall Rogers is in the on-deck circle. He's ready to come on the show. We appreciate that. We don't want to keep him waiting. So give us one minute. You're watching mike would Up. We'll be back with all of your college baseball, more of your college baseball talk, more of your SEC baseball talk, and let an outsider who's not biased like we are give his take on what this series is and what it's going to mean to um, college baseball. We'll be back in one minute. You're watching mike would Up. Welcome back to Mic'd Up. Uh, look, there's a lot of other stuff happening in the sports world, a lot of stuff in the NFL, a lot of stuff in Major League Baseball opening days tomorrow, uh, a lot of stuff happening with LSU. But listen, there's a big series coming up. LSU is on top of the college baseball world right now. And who better to ask all of the questions that I can't answer or the questions that you don't believe me and the answers that you don't believe me then Kendall Rogers. Kendall, I appreciate you coming back on the show. It looks seems like you're going to be a regular yeah. guest, and I appreciate that. I love that about it. <laughs>
1: hey dude I'll, I'll come on here anytime i will say this though you know it's kind of funny you know people people on twitter say all sorts of stuff to us but i don't think i've seen anything funnier than the than the guy was asking if he played a level of baseball over people <laughs> yeah that was a <laughs> that, that was tell, tell me you don't know anything about college baseball when i tell him you don't know anything about Yeah, college that one
4: was a little tough you know some people put their foot in their mouth and i was like you know sean was very nice and i appreciate you coming to my defense there i really do because sometimes it's not as easy yeah, I mean, to defend yourself. I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Thank bro, you. That, was, that was hilarious. I, was, I think I was laughing for about <laughs> a minute and a half over there. That was great. Yeah,
4: it was tough. You know what? It's okay. It happens. It's all part of it. I'm sure that guy went back and regretted uh, his decision. But I just hit Google once. So okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's um, okay. Muted
6: himself. Baseballcube.com. <laughs>
1: right yeah, no
4: doubt. It. It's there. It's always there. Internet's a great place. Uh, man, I appreciate you coming on again. There's obviously a huge series this weekend. Um, in baton rouge tennessee comes tennessee was lsu yeah, is right. what tennessee was last year right tennessee had all the hype lsu has all the hype greatest team in the history tennessee was they obviously didn't win it they were super talented in my opinion and this isn't a knock at tennessee i would say the same thing about lsu this year if they don't win the whole thing can't be considered the greatest of all time if you don't win the national championship that's just my opinion right as far as you know yeah, yeah. go ahead no go ahead sorry
1: I was gonna say, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's kind of crazy. But I mean, yeah, they're one of the best overall teams in the last fifty years in college baseball and they have pretty much nothing to show for it. It's kind of crazy.
4: Right, right. And now they start off, they kind of start off a little rough in the SEC. Tennessee got swept, then they mm-hmm. swept AM. They look like they're playing a little bit better. They come in ranked ninth or tenth, depending on the poll that you're looking at. LSU is still the number one team in the country. What can fans Cause I'm a fan this weekend right I I am looking forward to watching these two teams play because of the talent and because of the high level of baseball that we're going to see what can fans expect yeah. to see from the players on the field Thursday Friday and Saturday
1: yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say this from the Tennessee's perspective just because we talk about LSU so much. But, I mean, I think from the Tennessee standpoint is I'm really intrigued to see Chase Dolander, Lander, the Friday starter against uh, LSU's live. I think if you look at Dolander laughter last year, he was phenomenal. And, you know, Dolander came into the season as easily really the number one pitcher in college baseball. Now, Paul Skeens has taken that torch, and he is easily the number one pitcher in college baseball. So, you would think in a competitive nature, that Dolaner would be a little jacked up this weekend. Like, you know, everybody's talking about him you know him coming in the season. Now everybody's talking about the dudes you're going against. And so I think Dolaner will be amped up. I think the biggest thing for me when I look at the series just from a kind of a 30,000 point point of view is you look at Tennessee's rotation versus LSU's lineup. Because I do think Tennessee can score some runs on everybody but Paul Keys and LSU's pitching staff. But the big key in this whole series is whether Chase Doolander, Chase Burns, who's, you know, got an electric car with the 90s, even 96, 97, with a wipeout slider, and then Drew Beam is our sending guy. Can those three guys give Tennessee five or six innings? And then all of a sudden, I feel like Tennessee's getting kind of gets into a game that they want to be in because they can go to the bullpen and they can turn things over to, you know, guys like Camden Sewell, Kirby Connell, uh, Andrew Lindsey, you know, as a big-time arm at the 90s, 10 98 on the bullpen. So Tennessee's game is they want these starters to go five and six and they'll be able to mix and match out of the bullpen because they can mix and match with pretty much anybody in college baseball.
4: How's uh, Tennessee's offense? Obviously, you said they can score. You believe that they can score against LSU's pitchers outside of Paul Skeens, right? Obviously, you know both the guys this weekend are really good. They're both potentially first uh, first round picks from LSU's yeah. LSU's rotation. What makes them so good? What do they do well offensively, Tennessee? I'm talking about um, to make them scary and to make you feel like they can they can put runs up against the guys this weekend.
1: Yeah, I think what's really interesting about Tennessee is they're way different than they were last year. I thought last year, this is the offense, it was very much predicated upon the long ball. I think it was six or seven guys last year had double digit home runs for Tennessee. And I think like four of those guys had over like 14 home runs. Uh, that has not been the case for him so far this year. Blake Burke has 10 bombs. You know, Griffin Merritt, a transfer from Cincinnati, has seven bombs. You know, but other than that, I mean, they, they they haven't really racked up a lot of hot runs this year, so they're they're not as explosive. But this is still a solid lineup. If you look at their series with over the weekend at Knoxville, um, you know they got off the really hot start against the Aggies in all three games offensively. Uh, they kind of cooled off after a hot start, but. Still, so this is an offensive balance. I'm keeping out Zane Ditton and Alabama transfer. He got off to a little bit of a slow start, but it's kind of gotten in the groove in the last couple of weeks. He's got power. He's got a, you know, when you look at his frame, you can tell there's there's a lot of power generation potential in there. Uh, even though he's only got five bombs, but you know, he's hitting three sixteen. He's got he's gotten much better in the last couple of weeks. You know, I think when you look at the balls, I think the biggest thing for LSU, uh, you're you're trying to keep Jared Dickey and Blake Burd from beating you. Both those guys. Uh, You just have massive raw power. And when those two guys get going, the rest of the lineup kind of follows suit. And the other guy I'm kind of interested to see this weekend is Maui Ahuna, you know, often the heralded transfer out of Kansas. Um, He's been good so far, he hasn't been great so far. And so you're really kind of just waiting for Maui's like kind of breakout weekend in the SEC. Will it be this weekend? I don't think so. But I mean, he's one of those circle that you can look at at the end of the weekend and go, "Oh man, this was kind of a weekend that he, you know, that he became an absolute dude," um, you know, for Tennessee.
6: Um, When you look at the stats on the year so far, it's easily seen that Tennessee's run a whole bunch more than LSU has run so far. Do you think that Tennessee will have a huge emphasis on trying to get the running game going if they can get guys on to try to move them over because they haven't been as explosive? as an
1: offensive, as we've seen in the past from them? I mean, if I'm Tennessee, I'm being very aggressive, yeah. especially, you know, outside of Paul. And actually, let's just start with Skeens. I think if you're Tennessee, you're going against Skeens, you want to find a way to game out of his rhythm. It's not easy, but, but, I mean, there have been an inning or two, you know, against A&M early on that first inning. They didn't end up doing anything with it. But, you know, that first inning against A&M, his command got a little off for a couple of batters against Arkansas. You know, he had, he had one of those innings as well. Um and so for Tennessee you gotta take advantage of that against a galaxy scheme. So if you get guys on base See if you can get Skeen's to lean in a little bit. See if you can get him a little out of the comfort zone. And I think, you know, the rest of the weekend, you know, guys, guys like – and I haven't seen Jay's official rotation, but I'm, I'm assuming they're sticking with the same guys and, and Ty Floyd and Thatcher Herd, Is I think if you're in Tennessee, you know that those guys have, have a lot to prove. Like they're kind of fighting to keep their job, so to speak. And so I think anything you can do to kind of get those guys out of the groove – it's beneficial for, for the balls. And so, yeah, I expect them to be very aggressive. I and, mean, Jerry, that's a really good point. Like, they, you know, we, we talked earlier about how they're a much different team. They're having to find different ways to score this year, whereas last year it's kind of like, hey, let's, uh, you know, let's get a couple of guys on base and then, you know, Drew Gilbert uh, will hit a bomb or something like that. Yeah. And that's kind of the way the offense rolled last year. So, LSU, I really
4: hadn't had many hiccups. Um really this year, right? They, like They You look at their team, they're, they're unbelievably offensively. Their pitchers, their, their starting pitching has been very good. Their bullpen has been good for the most part, except for the Sunday game at uh, A&M and the end of the game at Arkansas, right? Christian Little had faltered a little bit both times. He threw some, you know, kind of lost control of what he was trying to do. Walked some guys, put himself in a bad situation. Yeah. Are you concerned at all in the, with the back end of the bullpen from LSU? And do you see somebody else kind of making that jump and getting an opportunity to be that closer uh, instead of Christian Little?
1: I, I'm not concerned, really. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I think, we, you know, Christian Little aside, yeah, like, yeah, there's been some times where he's been a little up and down. Uh, certainly, I mean, against AM, I actually thought his stuff was pretty good. Uh, but the command wasn't great after a couple of batters. Uh, but the, the thing about LFU is that they have other options. Like if Christian Little doesn't work out, um, you know, Chase Shorts has an electric car. Uh, you know, uh, Nate Akenhausen's a guy that, you know, I, I actually haven't seen if he's back this weekend. But, you know, he missed last weekend. He's a lefty that when I saw him in the fall, uh, it was a really nice breaking ball. Yeah. You know, the fastballs went to 90-91. And, you know, he's, you know, he's a guy that I, I would really count on if I'm, you know, Jay Johnson. Uh, and then, you know, there's kind of the other guy here and Garrett Edwards. Um, you know, Edwards is a guy that I actually felt like has a chance to mold himself into a starter at some point. Uh, you know, I saw him carry his belofting against A&M for what was it, like 60-something pitches. Yeah. And he was holding you know, 90-93 up to 94-95 with that nasty change in a breaking ball. So, I actually kind of feel like, you know, he can move into that role. if They're really needing there, but I think they really like him with that long relief. But, I mean, if anything, like I think Garrett Edwards has made, like, a really nice pitch to be considered in the starting rotation. So, I guess the the, the long answer here is, you know, even if Christian Little doesn't work out, they've got enough yeah. options at the back of that bullpen.
6: Now, outside of Dylan and Tommy, because I think those are two very – Easy answers, right? Yeah. When you look at this LSU lineup, who's been—I won't even say the most surprising, but who's been the, the most impressive hitter outside of those two?
1: I really like what I've seen from Gavin Dugas. Uh, yeah. I think when you look at him, and I just kind of go go back to his overall story, right? Like in the offseason, like I think a lot of LSU fans expected him to move on, like Brody Drummond and you know Collier Cranford and guys like that, and you know he is a is a dude that stayed put. He said, Hey, you know what? I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna give him one more give him one more ride. he's really made the best of it. Like he's been a really consistent hitter. He's he's getting walks, he's getting on base. I mean his O V P guys is over five hundred yeah. right now. So I think for me I did not see Gavin having that kind of year. Uh, and so I give him a ton of credit. And, you know, this day and age and <laughs> I'm not just bagging on guys in general here, but like in this day and age, there's so many players like that. And taking their ball and going how is probably a bad way to put it, but there's so many guys like that. that would go, you know what? I'm just going to go to law tech, or I'm going to go somewhere else, where I'm just, you know, yeah. where I'm guaranteed to play every day. And that dude stuck to it, stayed in a stayed in a premier program, and now it's all paying off. Like Gavin is is like what I think college baseball is all about.
4: Absolutely, he's playing second base and he's airless at second base. So I mean, that's yeah, you know, it's, that it's says a phenomenal. lot. Um, you know, obviously outside of the 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 obvious matchup between Dylan Cruz and Chase Dillander. What matchup this weekend are you most excited to watch? Whether it be you know Chase versus Skeens, obviously that's the matchup between starting pitchers or Skeens versus somebody in the lineup of Tennessee, whatever that is. Is there a match specific matchup that you know, you're excited to see and you want to see, how, let me see how this guy performs against this other guy.
1: Yeah, you know, I have two uh, two top of mind. The first one is not going to be very tough to pick. I mean, it's, it's Chase stilllander against Dylan Cruz. Uh, I mean, you're talking about three guys that, you know, a year and a half from now I think will end up in the – it will be in the big leagues. Like, I think Dylan Cruz – and it's not easy – it's not often you see a hitter, and you know this as well as anybody, but it's not often you see a hitter – fast track to the big leagues i think dylan cruz will be big league ready within a year like i think he's that damn is good. he gonna hit 500 and this year so, dude so <laughs> so here's the thing it's really hard to hit 500 guys yeah. back. back in the day at alabama but i so we did our productions as a staff i think i had him at 460 462
4: Four sixty-two. How'd you get that? How'd you get that? That? How'd you get that? To- I have no idea.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. But, like I think I think somebody told me today that he can go 0 for sixty in his next sixty at bats, he would still be hitting three hundred.
4: Yeah, it's crazy, man. He's unbelievable. I mean, how
1: how outrageous is that? I mean, that's insane. I mean, he's going into this week and hitting five forty-two. The thing about Dylan Cruz that I love. And trust me, like, Bregman's my dude. Like, I love that guy. But the thing about Alex Bregman is that during his LSU career, you know, people want to compare him to Alex Bregman. The thing about Alex was, let's not forget, guys, there was a point in Alex's career at LSU to where he was scuffling. And he got to the point where, like, he was deleting social media. Like, he almost, like, just kind of closed himself off from everything outside because he, like, the hamster wheels were spinning his head a little bit. Dylan Cruz has not had that moment in his right. career. Right. Like, he is a dude that has been the same guy since the day he stepped on campus. And granted, he's gotten better. But, like, he he's not deviated from what he is. And that's really impressive. Well,
6: look, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, how many, we're talking about the, the Alex Bregmans and how Dylan Cruz is playing and how fast you see him going. Not just pro ball guys. How many big leaguers do you think is on the field this weekend?
1: Oh boy, um, a lot, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So Chase Burns, uh, Chase Dolander, obviously for Tennessee. Um, I think I, I do think Jared Dickey and Blake Bird can be big leaguers. I do. I think they have big enough raw power. They need it. I think both those guys need to be a little bit more seasoned overall. But I think they've got potential. I think for for LSU. I mean, I could list like half the roster, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if we need to do that right now.
4: No, no. Yeah, it's fine. I, I'm with you though. I mean, I think that, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think people understand how talented, like how ready, it's not only that they're, Hey, they're talented, how ready they are to be in the big leagues, right? There's like you said, there's three guys that in, in a year and a half are going to be major contributors to whatever team they're playing for in major league baseball. And that's very rare to see in college baseball. And now, the culture of professional baseball has changed a little bit. They push them a little faster, but these guys are ready now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would, I would even pose. You know, I know this is your show, but I'd even pose this question to you. Like, you've seen plenty of big league pitchers, like a Paul Skeens, be a two or three guy in a big okay. league rotation right now. <laughs> we talked How about
6: this. You just said,
1: we hey. talked
4: about this on Monday, right? So, I think right now, based off of everything that Paul Skeens offers on the mound, I think he's a three starter in the big leagues right now. Right. I think that he could That's be awesome. I mean, I mean, he's, he's throwing. Listen, he has five pitches. Well, OK, three pitches. Two of them have different ver, uh, versions of them. Right. So he has a four seam fastball. that touches one he He's got the two seam fastball that go ninety four, ninety six, yeah. he front hips lefties with. He's got a ninety two mile hour change up. He's got a big curveball that he throws in there just for shits and giggles just to get it over sometimes. And then he's got the, the nasty slider. So he's got five pitches. That he can throw anytime he wants, whenever he wants, wherever yeah. he wants. And to me, that and the only reason I say that he's not, I'll, I'll say oh, he's not a number one right now or number two right now, is strictly because of experience in the big leagues. That's I, it.
6: And, and I guess I would add to that is I literally said the same thing. We posed the question and we both came up with number three. And my other reason would be yeah. not only does he have those five pitches, but of, of those five pitches, we've seen him not only have command, but mostly control of all of them. I haven't really seen him lose anything but maybe the fast the four seam heater or maybe the the uh, the slider at times. But we've also seen him supremely yeah. command those at times too.
1: What's scary about Skeens as well is like I thought his slider was okay okay last year with Air Force. I think it's way better this year, but I think that slider could be even nastier. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I think he can get I think he can get a you know, it's kind of sweepy right now. I think he can make it sweepy and also add a little bit of more a little bit more, you know, breaking action to it. Like, I think that could be an even nastier pitch.
5: Uh, No, I 100% agree. Good. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he just learned that pitch this year from Wes Johnson. Like, I think he talked about it on a podcast with your former teammate, Renato, where he said, I didn't really have a secondary pitch like that. And he said, I worked with Wes Johnson, changed my grip. And so this is kind of his first year with the slider.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw him throw it last year in the Austin Regional, but it was not anywhere near what it is now. So, yeah, credit West for sure. Are you? Are
4: uh, you? You're not going to be here this weekend for the series, are you?
1: So, so Mark Etheridge is actually going over there for us this weekend. I've seen LSU like seven times already this year, <laughs> so I'm handing the torch to somebody else. There
4: you go. I'm, I mean, I look. I'm I'm gonna be I, at the game. I'm looking forward to it. I was just hoping that you go. I'd have a couple beers with you if you were here, but.
1: I will be there again at some point this year, but I think the the last time I covered LSU on a Sunday of AM, I actually had like a few people tweet at me asking if I'm the, the new LSUB rider. So. <laughs> <Yeah. You gotta,
6: laughs> so you gotta see uh, let, let me let me get let me get out of here for You a gotta bit. spread
1: the love a
4: little bit um, from there. Um, let's let's shift a little bit, just a few more questions for you. Just shift outside sure, of just this matchup and let's just talk about college baseball and the SEC in general, right? Um we, we asked you the last time you were on like some surprises. Who do you think can be really good or who do you think uh, is surprising you so far in the SEC? But as far as college baseball is concerned, what have you seen through the landscape of college baseball so far this season and what has shocked you and what has been a little disappointing to you?
1: I think the biggest thing for college baseball right now is the just the erratic nature of it. Um, you know, right now we're about 900 home runs over where we were this time last year. That's astronomical, you know, in terms of the number. Um, I think the other thing for me is the the number of blowouts. Um, you know, we had a stat the the day. Last year, 22% of the games were decided by eight runs or more uh, at this point in the season. Uh, so far this year, 28%. So we've got 6% increase in the number of blowouts in college baseball so far this year. So I think that really stands out to me. I think in terms of just, you know, disappointments, uh, I, I kind of stick in the SEC. Uh, let's start with, you know, Ole Miss and a and A&M. I mean, they play this weekend. Uh, Ole Miss sitting at 0-6 in the league, AM sitting at 1-5 and 5 in the league. These are two teams, obviously, that were in the final four in Omaha last year. Actually, Oklahoma, one of the other teams, uh, you know, also has been struggling. I think the overall record of the three of the four teams, Arkansas being the other one, they're 21-4, but of, the, of those three teams, OU, a and and Ole Miss, they're a combined 43 and 32 this year. Wow. So I think those teams have been disappointing to me. And I think the other thing for me that's been really cool to see is we've all talked, and for good reason, how good LSU is and how good Florida is. But, like, I've been ultra-impressed with Wake Forest. I mean, this yeah, is a team yeah. that coming this the season, we all thought they'd be really good, right? But, like, they had we, – but we also had zero reason yeah. to think they would be that good just based on history. Like, this is not – a program that has a, a elite winning culture. They haven't been to Omaha uh, since 1950, since before the Vietnam War. And so, <laughs> like man. you know, you know what I mean. Like so, yeah. you don't you don't have any reason to believe that they'll be the super team. But guess what? They are the super team. Like they've got you know one of the top five prospects in the country, and you know Rhett Lowder. Uh, they don't even have their second best pitcher for the year, uh, and Teddy McGraw. And yet they're still pitching elite level. They've got an All-American reliever in Camden Minacci. And, oh, by the way, outside of LSU, they got the best lineup in college baseball. So they've been phenomenal so far this year. And that's not easy to do as a program like that right. that, you know, would be easy to underachieve because that's what they've done for many years. Uh, I mean, I'll bring you back to the SEC
6: when you came on last time, you spoke about South Carolina being one of those sneaky teams, yeah. right? We obviously knew Florida was real. It's obvious that Vandy's real again this year. When looking at South Carolina and Kentucky right now, do you see them as a real threat going forward?
1: Kentucky, I'm a, I'm still a little bit iffy on. I mean, I, you know, I, I like the start that Nick Mangiona's team's off to. This is a big year for him. Uh, he needs to win this year, I think, to keep his job. Uh, I've been impressed with them. I, I do think they caught Mississippi State at the right time. And I do think they caught Alabama at the right time coming off that, you know, coming off that Florida series. But I do think South Carolina's for real. And and the reason why I think that is because, you know, last, last summer, you know, Mark Kingston like made no votes about it. He said, Hey dude, we're we're gonna follow the AM model. And the model was let's go find seasoned bats from all these different uh, these different programs on the country like A and M did to you know last year and let's bring them into South Carolina to kind of turn this thing around. And they've done that. You know, uh, know, Gavin Casas, the Vanderbilt kickback, you know, has 12 bombs for him right now. Uh, Ethan Petrie, granted he's a true freshman, he's not a transfer, but Ethan Petrie, a true freshman, is one of the top home run hitters in college baseball. And then you add to that, you know, having pitching staff with guys like, you know, seasoned arms in the SEC like Noah Hall and Kate Austin and Will Sanders. So they've got a really nice blend of older guys who have – you know, done it at other places. They've got a nice blend of arms who have been proven in the SEC, and they've got some really talented young players. So, again, kind of like Mingeone at Kentucky, like Mark Kingston, and you know, came into the season where he's got to save his job, yeah. and he could not be doing a better job under the circumstances that are pretty stressful, I would say.
4: Before I let you go, I'm going to ask for your prediction on the weekend. All right. Okay. So obviously you got the three game series. Who do you think? How do, what do you? What is the outcome in the series? And give me the games that you think that they're going to lose or win or however you you want to do it.
1: Uh, I will go uh, LSU win, Tennessee win, LSU win.
4: Okay, I like I mean, I'm that. I'm not
1: picking. I'm not picking Paul Skeens to lose. I mean, I get, I get. So you know, Arkansas fans last week were puffing their chests out because oh we. – we won that game their Skeen's through. Well, I mean, like, dude, you didn't beat Paul. <laughs> you, you scored one run off so of him, one run. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I still like LSU in, in that opening game. Um, I think Tennessee will be a little bit more free swing. I thought Arkansas actually did a really nice job yeah. of making him work. Mm-hmm. I think Tennessee's going to be a little more of a free swing or gr- aggressive club. So, I like LSU in the first game. I think in the, the second game, I think this is one that um, that Tennessee will know it needs to win. I think they'll do whatever they need to do to get that win. And then on Sunday, I, I just think LSU for me they're a really tough team to beat on Sunday. I get they lost A and M, but like to me they're a really tough team to beat on Sunday because then you start digging in the back end of the bullpen and you know guys like Tommy and Dylan and Trey like they just some on those. Well, dudes. that's the thing nobody's even talking really much about Tommy White. He's almost hitting four hundred this year, which he's is got insane. Double the amount of RBIs. Yeah. That he's yeah well the other thing too like i mean you know what it kind of looks like me playing third a little bit but if i actually made all the plays like, it's not pretty it's not pretty um but like he's getting it done like it's, yep. i'll say this it's not anywhere near as ugly as jacob berry was over right. there right like right. it's not even close to that ugly No,
5: not
4: so even a nice job no
5: doubt and just to cap it off before you go, what do you do you think? There's been too much made of this series, or do you see this as the pre, as the the premier matchup of regular season college baseball between LSU and Tennessee?
1: Yeah, I mean it's the premier matchup. But I'll say this: I think LSU is going to find itself in a lot of series this year that are going to be considered the premier series.
5: <laughs>
6: right? Yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, just you know what I mean? The, the like I think if it. they,
1: yeah. Yeah, we, this, we, we may be looking just at the, the same the thing when it,
6: when it comes to the LSU South Carolina series, right? No no doubt.
1: I mean,
4: it's like the, yeah. last weekend with Arkansas Maybe was it's top a five of the year. Yeah. yeah,
6: no doubt.
7: Right,
4: no doubt. And that's a good thing. That's always a good thing because that means you have more eyeballs watching, Relevant. and that means it's relevance and it's good. For, I think it's good, great for college baseball. Um, but as always, you're great for college baseball. You're great for the show. I appreciate appreciate you. it, guys. I appreciate you coming on anytime. Um, you want to come on, I would love to have you. So I appreciate it, man.
1: You, you got it, bro. It'd be great. Yeah, we hey, we need to get you in the box against Skeens one of these days and record <laughs> it. <laughs> oh,
4: man. I, look, I'll, I'll not – I
1: don't want to swing. I haven't swung in about a
4: year. Give me about two weeks to get loose. So I don't tear an oblique, and then we'll figure that out.
1: Hey, it kind of reminds me – real quick, I don't want to hold you all up. No, there. you're good. It kind of yeah, reminds me a few it. years ago in Omaha, we uh, – you know, Win Reality had, like, this little simulator uh-huh. where you could go bad against all these different college pictures. So – the guy asked me, he says, hey, man, do you want to bat against Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter? And I was like, sure, why not? So I get in there, Kumar Rocker, like, I was actually able to make contact on a couple of pitches that came through. One of them actually hit it like a grounder to short. Dude, Jack Leiter came yeah. up on the deal, and I, I, dude, I swear to God, like I was like a foot and a half away from all of this. <laughs> like yeah, you literally could put man. like somebody's like shoe in between me and the bat and, and the ball. Yeah,
4: it's look, it's so, it, the yeah. technology they have in baseball right now is pretty insane. Like I, I watch, I, I did that when I was in Detroit. They actually started, they started developing that that virtual reality. Yeah, and I, I did it, and it was pretty good. And now, com- like that's seven, six years ago. Like it's completely different. I mean, it's crazy. So. You know, these kids have all the tools and resources to be as good as they want to be.
5: Yeah, no shame on that on these A yeah. B S was that? I said, no shame on those ABs, oh, Kendall. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I man. No, of course not. Those, I mean, you
1: picked the top of, two. It was one of those things. The, the lighter AB was one of those things where it was so bad that I literally, like, looked around to make sure nobody was
7: <laughs> <it> watching me. <laughs> when you <laughs> swing on the yeah. golf course
4: and you shake it, and you're like, did anybody see that? No, I'm just going <laughs> to drop another <laughs> yeah, one. You're the like, who, you're like who the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, 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 no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> he right uh, all guys. you all be good, man. Kendall, Thanks. I appreciate it, man. Enjoy your weekend. You got it, Mikey. Y'all be good. See you, See you. As always
5: i mean the man knows literally more about pulse. college baseball than i've forgotten literally
4: no doubt and he's great he understands the show he's loose he's in he's energetic he was drinking a beer i love, love that i hope i hope he uh, I get
5: silver i
4: hope, well, need to send him something oh. make sure he has them um
6: great interview great interview 30 minutes for uh, i mean let's be honest he doesn't miss he right? doesn't miss
4: he's good he knows He's he's very educated he does his research he understands the landscape of base college baseball he understands <clears throat> You know, it's not just about the SEC, but the SEC is the class of the, of college baseball. Um, and he does a really good job of, I feel like, of covering a lot of you know nationally of, of college baseball. Now, before we get to ask Mikey and Mitch, I was brought to our by our friend, brought to you by our friends at FCO Development. Uh, Evco Development. Uh, Evco. Yeah, Evco. I want to give a shout out to another one of our sponsors, Heineken. They've been partners with us for for since the. Inception, inception of since our show day since day one of our show uh they came out with a new product hunnekin silver it's their light beer it's equivalent to like their it's like their Michel version of Michelob. i'm trying to say something to, to make it relatable um it's 95 calories it's light it tastes really good we are going to have it at our tailgate tomorrow filled up in the ice chest if you haven't tried it come by our tailgate i'll give you one for free you drink it tell me what you think about it maybe we have a couple chugs with lloyd oh. um uh, as a uh, as a preview of the uh, boost, cruise throughout <laughs> Just the day, some Did you some farm rest animal
5: life, you can trot out there. No, Just you are tonight, okay.
4: Yeah. yeah, make me a make me a make, uh, me, a make, me, make me a bicycle clown.
5: It's really a, it's a dunk tank full of Heineken silver.
4: Yeah, that's it. We should do it. We could, and you see, you have to drink yourself out of it. Lock you in there. <laughs> <laughs> a murder. That's it. No, I, I think you, I think you could do it. Um, so yeah, I want to give a shout out to our friends out at Heineken. Now, Ask Mikey image brought to you by our friends at EFCO.
5: We have our questions. We have our questions. That's I mean, it's 7.32. I figure we should start it now, huh? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ian, you all touched on a couple of these, but I'm going to send them in anyway just to kind of reset the scene mm-hmm. for as, where we are because we hit on a couple of these through the Heineken headlines. But obviously, these are the burning questions in which people think about LSU baseball because they are so good. There's not a lot of things to nitpick about. But with that said, first question coming from Hunter for Net is sent now. Look at you. There we go. Ask him him. With Beloso swinging a hot stick lately, how would you construct Thursday night's lineup?
4: And that's, a, a note we had, we had spoke a little bit about that. Look, I think Beloso is a great, the way he's swinging it, you want to have him in the lineup. He's a great asset, but you also want to put him in situations where he's most successful. And I think Jay has done a really good job of doing that. If Jay feels like his, the way his swing plays, if it plays to Chase Delander, then I think that he's in the lineup. If Jay doesn't feel like He's somebody that's going to be able to catch up to his velo. I think he's out the lineup. That's
5: kind of my my take. Um, so you think you'll see some moves made, like like some lineup tampering a little bit?
4: I think so. I mean, Jay, Jay is not scared to do that. He's shown you that. You know what I mean? He's not scared to put guys in, take guys out, change it up. And so I think you're going to see a little bit of that this weekend.
6: Yeah. Uh, once again, I think it depends. I think whether... I do think whether you see Beloso or not will have to do with whether you see Pearson or not, meaning that, yeah, I do think Jared Jones is going to be in the lineup. Um, whether or not Beloso is going to play, obviously, to me is going to be a first base, right?
4: Well, it'd be DH, I would believe, right? And that no, no, no.
6: I so I yeah, but here's why I think I think Jared Jones is going to be in the lineup,
4: right? Which I have to be first if they have. I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off.
6: Go, keep going. So if you see Pearson I mean if you see him in a lineup to me that means Pearson would be out that means Trey would go to left and Beloso would play first in that situation if Jones is DH
4: right or they could flip Jones and and, uh, and Beloso and right. say Jones you play first Cage you DH right one of the two and maybe Pearson's yeah, one out the two. The I just
6: don't game. I don't think you see them both yep. in the lineup at the same time but I do think Friday night. If I had to put a percentage on it, I do think the higher percentage, in my opinion, would go to Pearson over Beloso. In so this Thursday, situation. Thursday night, Thursday night. Tomorrow. I'm sorry, tomorrow. It's okay. Night. I know. It's, I do yeah, the same it all, this always gets me because it wasn't even a thing when we were here. But, right. Man, it wasn't the Thursday night series was literally only the last series of the year, mm-hmm. I think. But I do think if I had to put a higher percentage on it, I think you see Pearson. There's a better chance you see Pearson tomorrow night in the lineup. I agree. Than Beloso. But Mm -hmm. I do think Beloso will play this weekend. Yeah,
4: I think Beloso is going to have some big moments. Like, if it's a close game, some
5: pinch hits, I think he's going to have some opportunity. Yeah. All right, next one up. Brandon Ryder sending it in now. No disrespect to the guys who wear the purple and gold, you two included. Will Dylan be the best position player to ever wear an LSU uniform? Um,
6: Numbers-wise, no, because it's hard to do what someone may do in four years that he's going to do in very easily three years, right? But if you look at his impact... You look at where he was when he started, like when he got here. I think it was easy to say 15 games through the season that he might be the best player on the team, mm-hmm. right? So you look at the impact that he's made, not you know now, but from day one that he's been here. I do think that there is a high possibility and a very, very, very strong argument for when he leaves here as the best player that's ever walked, that's ever played at LSU.
4: I agree, and I think that you know he's going to play three years, and you touched on it, right? He's not going to lead. In homers. In homers, right? And Nobody's he gonna, he's going to be third. I think that if, if he gets to 20 home runs this year, we said, well, I looked at him before the, the show, he's got nine. He's got 49 career home runs right now to date. If he ends up with 11 more, he's going to have 60. That's going to put him third all-time in home runs at LSU in all three right. years.
6: Eddie Furness.
4: You have Eddie Furness, and you have Eddie Furness with 80, Brad Cressy with 78, and he will have 60. He will be the third. I believe he's the third. I think I saw that
6: right. And the other two guys are four-year guys.
4: Yes. Right. The two, other two guys are four-year guys. He's not going to have the highest career average. Well, I guess if he hits 500, that may, that may make a big difference. The, the highest career average ever at LSU is 393. Todd, right? That's Todd Walker, yeah. right? Todd Walker had 100 RBIs in a season. He's not like Dylan Cruz is not going to lead in hits. He's not going to have the number one in any of those because he'll only be here for three years. But – I think all around, as an all-around player, yes, I would put him as the best position player to ever wear the purple and gold. Just be yourself, what he's done, how consistent he's been. People will talk about, oh, you know, well, you know, you had you know Todd Walker, which is – I think Todd Walker is probably the best comparison. Yeah. As far as player who's like, damn, he did it for three years. He was the best player, bar none, on the field, whatever. Yeah. People compare him to Alex Bregman. Alex was great. I love Breggy. I think he was an awesome player. I think he played really well. But if you go look at his numbers, his best year was his freshman year, right? right? His numbers declined a and little Kendall, bit.
6: And Kendall talked about it as well. Too. Right.
4: And it doesn't mean that he didn't play well here, but no, he hasn't done anywhere near what Dylan Cruz is doing. Dylan Cruz has had 40 home runs going into the year had two years, right? So he what Dylan's doing is... You had a great
6: career in three years. How many home runs did you hit here in three
4: years? 35. Hey, I went 7, 14, and 14. 35
6: home runs. Well, they also Dylan did, entered, they neutered you. Dylan entered season three. With, with forty, 40. <laughs> right, right, and so you know my career average was
4: three forty something. This is, a, is great, yeah, but like yeah. is that, like his is gonna be what like, doesn't he was just what he does and the type of player that he is and how he's he's the best. This five is tool. a you gotta understand five tools. yeah, but five you gotta understand
6: too. This is a maker. very 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 yeah. very tough Mental. league because of the jump from high school to college ball and then the jump from high school to SEC play. This is. A unbelievably tough league and to be able to make the jump and basically be a day one starter. No
4: doubt. He's pretty much done and that. And that's the thing, right? Like, from the day one, you you plugged him in as the leadoff, one, two, or three guy in the lineup, and he's so polished. When I was, tier, no, I was here, I was raw. Yeah. I wasn't polished. Like, I had to learn it on the, on the fly. Fli-
6: flip it on the other side. This is no slight to him right now. The guy's hitting like 330-something. You can't even say Paxton Kling has done that. Right. Right.
5: That was going to be this is point.
6: what Dylan has done, and right. it's never been not good, if you will, right? So, I, when it's all said and done, outside of literally just comparing numbers, I do think there is a strong. It's chance the consistency to say that. for me. Yep.
5: Where you just know what you're going to get day in and day out, Absolutely. and the way he has, and his ability to field in the outfield is almost overshadowed by his offense. But if he didn't hit the way he did, you would still be raving about his defensive yeah. ability. Yeah. No doubt next one up, not you know, not as positive because it's hard to get more positive to Dylan Cruz. But Jacob Gaz now, who's our gotta shut the door at the back end, not necessarily closer, but someone that you want to see in the seventh and eighth inning. Um, I think we got a few guys, and I think that the seventh and
4: eighth inning, you're gonna start seeing a lot of matchups. I think you're gonna see, I think Chase Shores is gonna be one of the guys that comes out. If he doesn't pitch in the seventh or eighth, you're gonna see him in the back end of the bullpen. If you don't see um, Garrett Edwards in the seventh or eighth, you're going to see him in the back end of the bullpen. But I think it's going to be dependent upon what the lineups coming, what's coming up. Is it left end? Is it lefty heavy? Is it righty heavy? Um, and if it's lefty heavy, I don't, I would. See, you're going to start seeing Griffin Herring get a lot more opportunity in those situations. Same with Akin Like you're going to see these guys get these opportunities based off of matchups. But I think day in and day out, the majority of the time, you're going to see Chase Shores. Slash Garrett Edwards, and it depends who comes in
6: first. So I'm going to go, and as the season matures, as we get closer to, you know, really having games that you have to win on the schedule in a sense, right? I think you get closer to seeing Garrett Edwards. And my only reason is because of his ability to throw strikes and his ability to mix with two other pitches. Um, Now, that doesn't go to say that Chase Shores that Christian Little, that Nate Ackenhausen, that Griffin Herring, all those guys, I think you may see them pitch a lot in the sixth, seventh, and eighth inning, mm-hmm. right, which bodes well for LSU because those are four really, really, really good arms, and that's not even the entire bullpen, right? I think those four guys are going to be very, 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 very integral to what they do going forward, and I think those are the guys that you'll see a lot in the seventh and eighth, but I do think – as we get closer to the end of this thing, and this thing really goes, I think you see Edwards probably lead the team in saves. Let's just say it that mm-hmm. way.
5: Continuing on that same front, ask him a no. Do you think Little can bounce back and Dutton and Dutton come back dealing from the bullpen? Can, you know, you know, to start off?
6: Yeah, I, I definitely think Little can. Right, I think he can be a very, very, very important part of what they do. I think he is already, and still will be a very important part of what they do, even coming up this weekend. Um... Dutton is another one that has the ability. You need to see him throw more strikes. You need to see him be able to get ahead in the count a lot more. I think if he could start showing the ability to do it, this is you know literally what I just said by the last question, like that's not meaning the whole bullpen. But if he can start showing his ability to pitch in the zone and get ahead in counts, you may start seeing him sneak into that 7th and 6th, 7th, and 8th role and getting opportunities in games like that.
4: Yeah, I agree. And look, Jay talked about it on Monday. He talked about how much he likes Sammy. Because calls him Sammy, right? He likes, he likes him on the mound. He thinks that he's got – he's competitive. He's very good. Like, he likes – he trusts him. And so, I think you're going to see him get some opportunity. I do think Little can bounce back, I think. And I'm not a pitching coach. But I will say, like, for, for me, I want to see Little be able to throw his fastball for strikes and then throw the slider off of that, right? I know he likes they the slider, the and his slider's way. good. He's been throwing a lot of sliders. And he, once, he did, once you lose control of that and you don't throw your fastball enough, sometimes you kind of lose the feel for the fastball. And so he's got good velo. He can throw to mid to upper 90s. Like, I think that for him to kind of get back on track, hey, all right, let's get back to the, back to the basics. Locate with your fastball, throw your slider off your fastball, and let's go from there. you got to throw strikes. And I think that's the only way he, gets, he bounces back, right? And obviously, Wes Johnson is a whole hell of a lot better of a pitching coach than I am. And so I think he's going to get him right. But for me, that's, that's what I would like to see.
5: Continuing on the pitching front, especially with the pitching coaches, Fonz Ferrelli. Ask him a no Johnson, Johnson, Does Johnson and Johnson give a longer leash on pitchers because they can see the umpire strike zone is super small, making them leave pitches over the plate? Because you could saw they, you saw them get squeezed so it, a little bit. Yeah. So does, does West Johnson do they and Jay Johnson give a longer
4: leash to pitchers because they can see the ump strike zone like?
5: Like, because they know that they're getting squeezed a little bit, that you don't overreact to maybe a, um, some walks and such?
6: I, I'll go first. I don't necessarily think that has anything to do with it. I think what they do pay attention to, though, is are you executing what you're asked to do, yeah. right? like. If we're asking you to throw sliders and whether or not you're getting the strike call or not, if we're in the vicinity of what we're trying to land and what we're trying to do, I think that weighs way more than what they're actually getting calls on or whether they're not because they can never control that, right? right? So if we're basing our, I guess, leash on what the umpire is doing, it's going to be really hard to kind of decipher how we want to do that and
4: do that. 100% agree. And that's, what I, that's exactly what I was going to say, right? Like, all you can control is, hey, this is the pitch that I'm supposed to call. This is the location I'm supposed to throw it. If you're throwing it there or close there and you're not getting the call, that's not on you. That's on the umpire. And, look, if you continue to do that, I've, I I highly doubt that these, guys, these hitters are just going to take every pitch you throw. Right. And so if you're doing that, they look at how are you controlling the game? Are you staying in control of what you're trying to do? Are you executing? And if you are, that's when the leash comes. I mean, that's when the longer leash comes.
5: Right. Next one up. Bond. James Bond. Asked. How many times will you see – how many times will Tennessee step-tail issue over the three games, only have the ump-step in and try to restore control over under five?
6: I'm going to go under. <laughs> I'm going to go under.
4: I think five's a lot. Yeah.
6: I'm going to go under. I'm going to say two at the most. Five's a lot, but yeah. But I do see you – I do think you'll see them chirping a very yeah. good amount.
4: And I think that depending on how the games go on Thursday and Friday, like if they're tight and they're kind of, you know, close at the end and some, you know, maybe an umpire made a bad call or whatever – I think that Sunday game you may start that's when you start seeing really Tennessee trying to step to LSU but I think at the end of the day it's going to be about baseball Tennessee's going to try I think LSU's going to stay within themselves and it's going to be over or under 5 that's That's a of time.
5: That's a lot, that's, that's a lot, lot of not baseball on
6: air That's time. a lot of people throwing <laughs> a, lot of people <laughs> a lot of people They might not have anything left in the pen and or on the bench to, to, if we got that much going on I
5: feel on. like you're going to see a lot of people outside the dugout though at the majority of Oh the it's time. going to be emotional oh, yeah, no yeah. doubt but it's going to be a good way in a good way All right last one up from, oh, the cat. Call the cat. Ask him a him There he is. Will we not get to see Skeens swing the bat? Because you saw some of the comments from Jay Johnson, where he mentioned if you saw him take BP, I'm hard-pressed not to bat him fourth or fifth. But the way he's dealing on the bump kind of found his role.
4: Skeens ain't swinging. And it's not
5: because he can't, right? Jay has
4: said if Paul Skeens was not a pitcher, he would be the starting catcher hitting four or five hole in the lineup right now. So it's not because he can't do it. It's because he's so valuable and he's so good on the mound that you can't, he doesn't want to put him out there and allow him to get hurt, right? Now I say, well, what about the guy from Florida, Jack Caglione? He's hitting and pitching and doing all that stuff. Of course he is. But I think Skeen's going to be in the big leagues next year. Why risk the opportunity, Why, why risk him not getting hurt or doing something to where you take him off the mound?
6: Well, I can give you another reason of why not to risk him that. Did you look at the rest of the roster? Did you see Mm -hmm. the team that's hitting almost 340 right now? That's why you don't, right? Find it a different year. If Paul Skeens entered LSU and was playing at LSU in a different time where that lineup wasn't as potent as it is, yeah, maybe. Even though he's doing what he's doing now and you would hate to see him be lost for a month over an oblique strain, maybe. Right. But now, no shot.
5: Nope. No chance. Do you think he gets an opportunity to hit in the bigs? Or is this his transition Um, to pitcher only?
6: I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I think that they're gonna have to, without him doing it a year, it's for a year. It's gonna be tough. That's, that's gonna be a tough sell, right? Yeah. Like, you get, if we're talking about somebody that's doing it, obviously Shohei is a guy, right? Shohei came over, and that was always the thing. Like, he didn't stop for a year. Even though I'm not saying you can't get it back,
4: right? But, but they, I'm sure they want to see him do it in the SEC, not yeah. just at Air Force, right? Right. And so, if he if he came here and hit 340 with 12, hey, you're gonna be able to do both. Right. But Instead, he's throwing 102, and nobody's stepping up. No one is touching. Hey, we're gonna give you a lot of money, and we're just gonna put you in the big leagues, and you're just gonna make a lot of money for your career. Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. I'll, Take I'll a little some off your plate. I'll sign up for that one.
5: Yeah. yeah. You want one more? Sure. And this is something that we touched on a little bit. For, one more from e. Um Ask him. Up. No. Does to get more starts because uh, because it says, bat is more cons- has, has become more consistent in his ability to stop pass balls. Um. I would. we s- talk a little bit about this with Tennessee's? Yeah, we did. To run the bases a little bit.
4: It's nothing against Milazzo, but Brady New hasn't done anything to take himself out the lineup. Like he's been fine behind the plate. He can catch and throw. He's put together some really good at bats. He had the big homer. He's swinging the bat well. Like, there's no reason to move him out unless, you know, he it's starts he just starts clanking a whole bunch of balls and not being great. Look, there's a learning curve for sure. He's young, but, you know, I just don't, I don't think that he's done anything to warrant him getting taken out the lineup.
6: I would say with the large sample size that Malazzo has put out over his career here already, I think he's already done more than we probably ever would have thought he'd be doing this year. And I do think he's going to continue to stay in pretty much the same kind of role. Um, so I would say at this point right now, he's, he's gotten more starts than I ever thought I would see him getting this year. Because yeah. they're deep there as well. Yeah, they so, are. There you
5: go. All right. That wraps up. my that wraps up
4: ask mikey mish brought to ask you by him fco him him. ask him and him brought to you by fco we appreciate all the questions please continue to send them in every week we enjoy i look forward we to enjoy the segment. it yeah i do I look, I look forward to it um it allows when you start setting we need to set up the phone lines
5: we can set up the phone lines.
6: yeah when you start doing that Just one plug yeah when you start doing that yeah
4: when you put the number out
6: we need, we'll we figure that out on the back end for we'll sure we'll have jeff cavin call in. yeah <laughs> that should be
5: great yeah oh, what more Ask him an orange Easton composite. Best bat ever made? Orange
4: and blue? Mm-hmm. Best bat ever made. She, I never I got to she... use it. I only used it in high school. My senior year. Hit a ball th- about 115 off of Maddie in the all-star game off the center field wall. And then that was the only time I used it. It wasn't mine. I use somebody else's.
5: Best bat uh, ever made. Nothing better than the kid that bought the bat. Like, <laughs> obviously, you're talking... you know. I mean, I had my own bat, but I know like... I that's what I'm saying, but when somebody bought, you know, like the... Somebody's dad shut out five fifty for a bat. Like we're all using this, and
4: it's well, gonna get. Good luck. Into the team that like
6: was on it, the kid there, that bat, <laughs> you ain't touching that. Yeah, dude.
4: nobody. If I, you ain't <laughs> using my bat. Sorry, sorry, buddy. You could, hey, you could
5: put your Especially hands if on if it's before wood, the game starts. Yeah. No, well, no, they're no they're wood bats, bat. totally
6: different.
4: I listen this. I had a wood bat. I was raking, and the uh, East Cobb showcase deal. Right, it was a, the whole tournament. And I was, I was, and it, the bat was one of those Louisville sluggers off the rack at Academy. That's Alex Rodriguez life, signed, right? Two seventy one, C two seventy one, no, yeah, something like that. Yeah, he was two seventy one guy. Raking, right? Out doubles, homers. I'm like, oh my god. And while the team takes the bat and uses uh, it uh, without uh, even telling me, he just pulls it, breaks it. Are you
6: I've seen multiple times like, in pro Are you ball. kidding me I've seen multiple times In pro ball For whatever reason A pitcher's getting a pinch hit at bat And they don't know it And so like They just go They, they get told you Grab a late. bat They, they go grab They go pull a bat Panic grab out of the Out of the bat rack They go up to it And bat's broken and Will the guy, Myers did that to me In the fall league And the guy on the bench Is like <laughs> Did he really just use my bat He just broke my shit
4: <laughs> Will Myers did it to me In the fall league He didn't have a bat He was struggling He took my bat out and I was sitting on the road, I was like, "Is that my bat?" He uses an all white bat. Right, right, Mine right, was right. a black and uh, black barrel, natural handle. He broke it. He broke it. I was like, "Dude, <laughs> are you kidding me?" That's just what have Seen him multiple of it multiple times. Part of it. I never. I only use my bat. I never use anybody else's. I was not a bat whore.
5: Well. I mean, I'm going back to the, you know, pre high school days whenever, you know, the school would buy like three for you if you were lucky. Oh,
4: no. See, that was my, that was always my Christmas presents. My mom would give me my baseball equipment, right? My bat, my batting gloves, all this stuff. And that was like part of my Christmas.
5: This is it for you. Yeah. For and baseball. then I
4: would go and I would use that bat all year. And then I would den it up. I was, I mean, I was playing summer yeah. balls, getting in cages. And then the next I year, think the, I think my glove would one. be
6: more of my Christmas present we i think i would go new new bat like towards the summer i don't yeah. even know if i got one like for like the high school season It'd be like towards the summer
4: yeah i didn't uh i had one glove that i used for my three years got of, my, in high school
2: they
6: got
5: two
4: i still got uh, two. Actually, maybe. i don't have anymore i don't know yeah. where it's at i
5: don't, I don't say toss that thing down for softball for me
4: i got plenty of gloves
5: plenty of those yeah oh, god yeah i got the hand me down from the brother there you go held down second base for Six straight years, Courtney Brothers.
4: There you go, love that. Um,
6: first six, the first part of the six was better. No, uh, probably
5: <laughs> not even close. All right, let's get to the. He uh... got DH for. What are you talking about? <laughs> Oof, <laughs> he's not gonna tough. like that at all. That's
4: tough. Oh man, you that. Let's do uh, mistake I had of the to day, myself <laughs> <laughs> Mistake of the day brought to you by our friends down at Dozy Place.
5: Um, you got one for us today. I, I had one for you last time. All I right, have great. one every time. I stay on does, eat place, and the mistake of the day. And this one, near and dear to probably Kendall Rogers' heart, as we saw, A&M guy, right? And they had a little, I don't know what you call it, uh, I guess a streaker? Because he, he was clothed, and then by the end of it, he felt like he literally showed his ass. Which is something that you always just like to see. These guys are not, I have no idea what this time. is doing. I have no idea what's going on Is that here. a double mask? Yeah, I think so. And then he drops is it. that? Oh, a, oh, a, oh. a little butt show? That's And he's just running with the butt out. And then it gets better. He's pretty quick. Nice strides. And you don't really expect
4: this. And, you know. This is where he gets caught up, though. He's, he's starting to feel it in his legs a little bit. Yeah, he's, the legs can get heavy. You see him slow down. He's, he's trying to He's like, uh. Then he realizes that wall is way oh. taller than what he wanted it to Try be. Try again. To go up. <laughs> Try again. Oh, oh, A little muscle oh, up? oh. oh. Oh, up
5: and over, oh, did <laughs> Did they get him? And that's when we have our next video. Something it
6: says no. It says Trump 2024 on his chest.
5: Oh, and oh, God. good for him. Jesus Christ! That's I don't know if that's gonna. Ha- very Texas. And then here's him going up and over. On the other end. Oh! Immediately. Oh, he met the boys. <laughs> oh, the guys. <laughs> Whole ready. squad's there with the taser out. He's like, "I'm done. I'm good." Look, I yeah. Wow. Look, I wish. I mean, look at look how quick he was to get into the. Please don't fucking tase me today, bro. (laughs) I'm good. I'm done. I mean, he might as well. He could have asked him to do anything, and he'd have done it. Wow, got him. I hope it was worth it. Hey, rewind it one more time.
6: Look at the guy in the background that was sitting down. That gets off the ground like nothing happened.
5: This
4: one?
6: No, right in the background, right there. Oh, they got him. (laughs) (laughs) I film it. <laughs> <laughs> I film it. he gets up he's like I got what I needed
5: alright let me send this to social <laughs> so there's your dozy he plays for sake of the day no name has been dropped about who this man was it won't be it probably won't be yeah, yeah it'll, I mean it's, he's probably in the police blotter somewhere but good effort American Ninja Warrior you don't get two chances
6: on hope. American Ninja Warrior I hey, hope it was worth it buddy oh. yeah, you
5: missed that first one you're in the water you're done up the ramp that, that is your Doe's Place Mistake of the Day. Not surprised to see it from an Aggie.
4: Love that. What you got, Jay, for the curtain calls? Curtain calls brought to you by our friends down at Assured Partners. Being. Me. And. Frankie.
6: There you go. My curtain call for the day would be. What do they be do? What do all do? To Commercial
4: insurance, coach. Oh. We do. And, Listen, uh, you want to write, you need some insurance written for your company, your businesses? Holler at me. Workers' Comp. GL property, everything that you're having issues with. Me, personally? Uh, not you. Because yeah. you don't have a business. I can, I, can, I can help. We, we, we get real creative in trying to figure out how to make this thing work. So Who's Cruz? Give me a shot.
5: LLC.
3: Go
4: ahead.
6: There you go. Um, in light of tomorrow being a, obviously, probably the biggest baseball day of the year, right? And I don't just so mean far. the LSU and Tennessee series. Uh, it's opening day. Uh, Mine will go to Sergio Roma. I don't know if y'all saw it. So, I think... I don't know the whole the whole story on it, but I think he knew he was going to retire, retire this year. So when he showed up to spring training, which under, I'm under the impression that he didn't play the entire spring training, so I don't know exactly when he showed up, but every time a kid asked him for an autograph, he asked them to sign his hat as well. That's awesome. So he awesome. pitched his last game in an exhibition. These in, are all um, a bunch of kids
7: in Texas spring training in that, that had, asked me that for autographs. I know t- I was only t- there, there for... Days,
2: Roughly that's a week, but yeah. I, mean, um, right. yeah, I, mean, I heard he's autograph autograph
7: with kids.
3: Right, yeah. asked me, I heard, can I you sign I mean, this?" i awesome. awesome. "I mean,
6: he's never been a stuff guy, and he stuck around that long. He's obviously a great dude, too."
4: And uh, a lot of
6: sliders. Oh, slider! I, a sliders. I have one at bat against him ever in spring training. He walked me, and he just literally threw me like seven sliders. Yeah, a
4: lot of sliders. Are you kidding me right now, now? When he pitched, he got the automatic ball called on him. He took too long. He
6: did the first pitch when he first got in. I did see that. I mean, that's some fear. Yeah. So that's mine. I like it. You got one?
5: Yes, I do. This, shout out LSU, never change. There was a report of a couple kids, maybe ran out of some booze, would have a little post party, you know, a little, maybe it's not over. Break into Tiger Stadium, $1,500 worth of beer. Now, I'm not sure if they're using the beer prices based off what it would cost them at stadium, or (laughs) if it's retail, but legends. I'm going to guess so, stadium prices. They have the name. Not, I'm not doxing this kid. They have it. It's uh. It's public knowledge. Bryce Toletta, shout out, 19-year-old, not even 21, even better, which is why he had to steal the beer because he can't buy it, has been arrested for one count of simple burglary for stealing multiple cases of beer from Tiger Stadium. Tolada and a group of college-aged males stole silver cases of beer at approximately 3 a.m. one Sunday. Think they were sober? Nope. Nope. The group men were carrying the beer by by hand when the police approached them, and they fled the scene, according to arrest documents. However, surveillance video at the stadium revealed that Talada and the men placed the beer inside a black pickup truck that belonged to Talada. Ooh, he's he's really catching the brunt of this. The officers traced the truck back to Spruce Hall, a residential community on the university's campus that houses 400 first-year students. Nice detective work. College of Engineering. (laughs) Yeah, so there goes that engineering degree. When officers arrived at Residence Hall, this is where he fucked up. Talata gave them. Permission. This is where. Yeah, Talata <laughs> gave them permission to search the room where they found the stolen cases of beer. You got to know your. You got to know your rights. You think that's the first place he fucked up?
6: Yeah, I think the. He...
5: Everything up to then he was fine. So let me ask you
6: this, just just so we know what we're dealing with here. Was that curtain another call. mistake of the curtain day? Call. Or curtain
4: call!
5: <laughs> I did have it as the mistake of the day, and
6: I was he like, "Wait, the,
4: he likes the curtain call because the guy was trying to go get some beer at nineteen and he couldn't buy it. So let me, how do I do it? Okay, I'm sure they have some at Tiger State. Let Lloyd, me get in
5: there.
6: It was an adventure. Uh, but Yeah, I mean, Lloyd's all about Lloyd it. Lloyd has a, a very soft spot for hey. the, delin- the the the, the delinquent, delinquent side of him.
4: They only gave him one count of simple burglary, so he really fine.
6: got
5: off easy. He's <clears> fine. <throat> he'll yeah, fine he'll be fine Boys I uh, respect that yeah dude I, I love this guy <laughs> oh uh, respect God, the man. hustle hey Talata whenever you get out of prison maybe he'll come hang out
4: with us at tell yeah, you for Heineken
5: you Heineken Silver you it's go. free you can have those
4: um, to steal
5: anything $1,500 a beer how much is that I don't know I mean a lot so you had lot. to have a crew uh, I mean yeah I mean that's lucky no DUI for anybody
4: true well they, I guess they can't prove that they were driving drunk
5: well, they saw it put it in. I guess they just saw it put him in the yeah. Right. So he's yeah. that's where he got away. That's the real curtain call. Yeah. Cover your trash. And maybe he wasn't driving drunk. I'd be like you still in beer. Maybe they had a driver. A getaway? Maybe a getaway. You had, had a, a, wheel, I love he had a wheel man. I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Holler out um, when you get right. your phone back from commissary.
4: My curtain call, Jim Mitch kind of touched on the, the Major League Baseball. It's MLB opening. It's Major League Baseball's opening day tomorrow. Opening day. It's one of the most fun days of the year as a professional baseball player. Making the team out of camp and being able to get an opening day start is awesome. Uh, not a lot of guys get to do it. And when you do, you have to enjoy it, right? Um, and this opening day matchup, which is at 3.05 our time, 4.05 Eastern, is Aaron Nola versus Jacob DeGrom. Obviously, you know Aaron Nola from being bat- from Baton Rouge, pitched at LSU, one of the all-time greats at LSU. He's going. He's, it's his sixth straight opening day start for the Phillies and the articles that I've been reading and all of the the media attention is Aaron Nola and the Phillies have ceased contract extension talks before opening day. Now the season's starting, they're not going to talk it throughout the course of the season. So they say, and so now he's on the last year of his deal. He gets to kind of a prove it season for him. Like, Hey, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to pitch really well. I'm going to go into free agency and see what happens. And, uh, you know, shout out to him getting his six straight starts. Just opening day in general for me is the curtain call. Um, I was fortunate enough to have three straight opening day starts, which was awesome. Um, and. What a feeling. It was great.
5: Jogging out to the outfield, hot yeah. dogs. It was, I mean. In the air. It
4: was cold, though. Was say, oh, not right. hot weather. <laughs> not hot. It yeah. was cold. We played in Chicago. Cubs? No. White we Sox? played the White Sox. Kaminsky? So. Oh, no. We played the White Sox in 17. We played the... You better remember all three. I don't. I don't know. We In 18 and 19, we were in Toronto. Inside. Inside. In 18... Home? Maybe it was a home. Maybe it was home. Uh.
5: Puh.
4: It was a home series. Yeah, it was cold, though.
5: Called, except in Toronto, because it was a dump. And you couldn't have a matchup of two different styles of pitchers. DeGrom, obviously dominant. Power player, guy. But can't stay healthy. Aaron Nola just...
4: I mean, I wouldn't say can't. I mean, He has some incidents, but he start—he probably gets 20, 25 starts. 20 starts a year. Yeah, he at least. Gets, 20. But he's, oh, he's, yeah, he's never getting 30. He's not getting 32 right now. And
5: Nola eats innings alive Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's going to be fun. Baseball's back.
5: Is your pick to win it all? I mean... Early season. Well, you have to have a prediction before the season starts put a future out the Angels look how good they are see those two guys in the World Baseball Classic
4: don't forget about Rendon too oh
5: god why are they bad because they can't pitch can't pitch
4: oh Joe um, he can't
6: throw five times in a row and then um, left fielder throws balls that he means to throw home into the first base duck. <laughs> I'm just kidding Joe Adell. Yeah. <laughs> that video is like all-time bad. <laughs> um, who, else? I mean, who else? I'm
4: trying to think. So, obviously, the Braves are going to be very good. You me to pull up the odds? The mm. Mets are going to be really good. You can pull up the odds. Um, the Yankees are going to be solid again. Astros, Astros obviously, are, are good. good. Uh, the Rangers, I think, are going to be shocking. I mean, they have a bunch they're gonna of They're going to be talent. good. I just don't think it's going no, 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 to no.
6: be a contender, though. Not um, like a real contender. Padres are going to be nasty. Yeah.
4: I'm going to go with the Padres. I'm going to say the Padres win it. The Padres have been trying to win it for the last three years. They've been putting a bunch of money in that team. They've been trying to go get... And they have all the guys. Soto's going to have his second year with San Diego, right? They traded him last year. He's going to sign their big deal. He's going to his second year. So usually the second year, like a big superstar gets traded mid-year or his first year in a big new new team kind of goes, "Eh, that's okay. The next year is usually their big year. Look at what... Um, um, Lindor did him in New York His first year, solid, okay Not Lindor-esque Last year, a lot better So, I'm going to go with the Padres
5: Okay, if you want the odds Yeah They are forever in your favor uh, Astros, plus 400 Yankees, plus 750 Mets, plus 800 Dodgers, plus 800 Braves, plus 850 And to round it out, Padre, Padres Padre Pio Plus one thousand.
4: Right, I thought the Padres would be favored over the over the Dodgers, but I guess they're going Dodgers with the track record. Yeah,
6: I throw two. I throw two names out there, even though I don't think the second one will win, but I do think they're going to go probably further than what people thought. I'll go Dodgers and Phillies.
4: I like the Phillies too. I really do. not. Plus plus fourteen hundred. It depends on when Bryce comes back.
6: <clears throat> they're talking about him being back before or at
5: All Star break. Yeah. What did so. he do? What was his injury? Tommy John. Can't DH. Yeah, he, he can. Did it last year. But he's, he, he had surgery. He didn't have surgery. Yeah. He fixed uh, it. So yeah. now
4: he's got a. You can't swing with a brace on your arm. Yeah. I feel like Bryce will come back sooner. And and that's his lead arm. Yeah. You know. So. Did we'll you hurt see. It swinging? Uh no. He, no. I mean, he hurt it like last year. He played with it all year. Yeah, but I knew he DH'd. That. Yeah. And so at the end of the year, he had surgery on it, and or at, in the offseason, had surgery on it, and a year deal. But for pitcher position players, it's not a full year. So. That's it. That's the show. That's the show, folks. Appreciate all the support. Appreciate you, folks. Appreciate y'all tuning in and listening and watching and asking questions and doing all the things that we ask you to do. We appreciate that. Again, we're having a tailgate tomorrow. Show up, show out. Come look for us. Look for the mic'd up sign. Look for us hanging out. Um, It's a secret. I'm not telling you where it's at. You just got to find us. You'll hear us. We're going to be out there. Um, Please hit the subscribe button. Share it. Like it. Um, we appreciate all, the, we appreciate all of the feedback, and if you don't if you can't watch us and you're traveling, you're driving, and you don't want to listen to us, we're anywhere you get your pods. We're a lot more fun when you watch us, though. Uh, we'll see you on Friday. I've
6: been
5: putting
4: the may down. see you tomorrow. Have you not? No, I'm kidding. Oh,
5: <laughs> we may see you tomorrow. <laughs> the look in
4: your eyes. I was like, dude, we may see you tomorrow. Hopefully, we see you tomorrow. Come out, have a good time, get off of work a little early, come have some drinks, Big and degrees. then uh, we'll definitely see you on Friday from one to three in studio. You're watching mike Up.
5: Have a great night. For your Peace. shirts. Support a good charity. There you go. Me. Huh.